Everybody, be sure head over to Patreon right now. We have an all-access, behind-the-scenes look into all of the shenanigans that go on out here at the Big Honker Lodge. Uh, just type in the Big Honker Podcast. It's three bucks a month. Listen, we're going to put up three to five videos each week. Uh, all the videos are behind the scenes access, behind the scenes look at some of the stuff that goes on out here. It's not going to be available anywhere else. It's only on Patreon. So head over right now, three bucks a month. That's less than a cup of coffee at your favorite coffee shop. Uh, and you'll get an all access look. Father's Day is coming up and we have got a lot of great sponsors that can make it easy for you to shop for that special dad in your life. Uh, tons of great sponsors. And the very first one is the original Dive Bomb Industries. If you are in the greater St. Louis area or if you just feel like making a little road trip, July 28th, 29th, it is the third annual Squad Fest. And I will be there. Jeff will be other places, but it is going to be a great time. There are calling contests. Uh, there's a meal Friday night. It is going to be a great, great time. And we look forward to seeing everybody out there. It is also not too early to start building that spread of your dreams. Silhouettes are the way to go. It is cost effective and it does not take up a whole lot of room. So head over to divebombindustries.com. Get everything that you're going to need. Season's going to be here before you know it. And I cannot wait to see you July 28th. 29th st louis missouri we're also brought to you by the boys up in spokane washington actually not even not even there anymore they're in idaho now uh the guys over there at pacific custom calls we've shifted gears from turkey season it is no longer they're no longer a pain in my ass so it's all about waterfowl ducks geese uh head over to pacificcustomcalls.com and i highly suggest if you chase lessers get the ba lesser call it is the one that I like. It's on my lanyard. I might have a couple next year. Uh, they're great guys. And if you are still chasing those asshole turkeys, head over to PacificCustomCalls.com and you can get whatever you need for turkey hunting. Pot calls, mouth calls, they got it all. Also use the promo code BHP25. It's the way to go. Save a little bit of cheddar. We're also brought to you by the Mad Geniuses up there in Michigan. Boss, Shot Shells, Copper Plated Bismuth, and it hits like a freight train, and it only takes one. You're not having to shoot three or four times. Your follow-up, you're not having to shoot cripples. Get it done in the first shot. We will be with Boss at Delta and at Squad Fest. Come yep. by and see us both. Andy will be at St. Louis. I will be in Little Rock, but come by and see us. We will have a shells for sale at both places. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not wanting to deal with uh, shipping. shipping and taxes and all that other good stuff, then head over. You just get a case and walk away, and you're set and ready to go. Great, guys. If And if you can't make it to any of those places, websites, BossShotShells.com, and they will ship it. You'll have it at your door in two days. That's a promise. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. Uh, I tell you what, that cold brew is legit, and I'm going to be drinking it all summer long. I made my first gallon a couple, couple uh, nights ago, and uh, it is a nice little refresher on those hot summer days. So... Uh, they got the cold brew out. I highly suggest you checking that out. And if you like your morning coffee hot, they've got something for you there also. They've got uh, the Missouri Boat Ride Blend, which is my favorite. Uh, high velocity, high caffeine. If you need that little pick-me-up in the morning, head over to DirtyDuckCoffee.com. And we've also got a promo code BIGHONKER, and that will save you some money at Dirty Duck Coffee. Their swag is also out of this world, too. So if you want a nice little I'm into duck stuff hat, head over to their website. You can get it and save a little bit of money using our promo code. 
Also, we're brought to you by Shin Gear. They have just released their new boot. It is a low uh, mud boot. Slip onto these bad boys. Head on out there. Tackle whatever life throws at you. They've also got the best waders that are on the market right now. It's nylon material. It's heavy duty. It's durable. And they come with a guarantee that they will stand behind their product for as long as you stand in them. So, you know, you got nothing to lose. Try them out. You're going to love them. And then if something goes wrong, uh, you can send it over to the guys at Shin Gear and then they'll fix them and send them right back out to you. They've also got incredible uh, bibs that I tested all last winter and they stood up to everything that we threw at them. Wind, rain, cold. And scout boots. And yeah, it's all great. They got vests, jackets, they've got it all. Head over to shingear.com. They're a great company and we are proud to be a part of them. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Podcast. You got to go over to their Patreon, donate a little bit of money, and you can get their entire library, all the all the craziness that goes on with Logan and Rebel. Uh, just head over to their Patreon, pay the little monthly fee, and away you go. They're great guys. Proud to call them our friends. They come out here short hunting every year. Emphasis on the hunt most of the times, but they're great guys. They're hilarious. Bourbon reviews are great. I highly suggest you checking out the Looking Glass Podcast Head over to Patreon right now. And while you're there, check out the Big Honker podcast. Uh, we're also brought to you by Lucky Duck, maker of the best A-frame, the 2x4 blind. Uh, got great spinners over there at Lucky Duck. And the if you're into varmint hunting, they've got the Revolt out, which Zach is all about. Zach's a big varmint hunter, so he loves it. Whatever you need, they're kind of a one-stop shop as far as electronics go out in the field. So whatever you need. Spinners, e-collars, blinds. They even got some uh, turkey decoys out there. So one-stop shop over there at Lucky Duck Premium Decoys. Great people. And uh, I don't know if they'll be at Delta or not. but I think they are. If they are, go by the booth. Tell them, tell them we said hello. Also, we're brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. Nobody has done more to put ducks back into the sky for 85 years. Ducks Unlimited has put their money where their mouth is, and they have saved thousands upon thousands of acres uh, conserving wetlands for the ducks and the duck hunters. So we owe a lot to organizations like Ducks Unlimited. Get involved any way you can. They're a great organization, and we are proud to be a part of them. We're also brought to you by Double T British Kennels. Uh, contact Mr. Corey if you are wanting to get on the wait list for a puppy, started dog, finished dog. Um, he's got a little bit of a waiting list, but that is just because he is putting out high-quality uh, British Labradors right now for hunters all over the nation. And that is a good problem to have. So head over Send him an email. He's on uh, Instagram. So just shoot him a message uh, and you can go through the process of getting your new four-legged hunting buddy. And you're not going to be disappointed because tell you what, the proof's in the pudding. When you have a long waiting list, it's because you're doing things right. We're also brought to you by Mossberg. I shot the 940 all last season and it is a great waterfowl gun. I love it. It is also Maddie Robertson's favorite. So it's one over It's one over the hearts and minds of Maddie Robertson and Andy Shaver. So, you know, that's that's good enough. Uh, the Mossberg, you can check it out. It's at all big box stores, wherever they sell Mossberg. Uh, give it a test run. Don't be sleeping on the 940 because it's a great waterfowl gun. We're also brought to you by Alpha Outdoors Specialties, maker of the Stanfield Stool. They will be out uh, hopefully this waterfowl season, and uh, it will revolutionize the way that you sit in an A-frame. No more buckets. Save your back. Save your butt. Save your legs. Get a Stanfield Stool. We're also brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Dove season's coming up. We don't have a whole lot of dove dates available, but we do have some weekday uh, dates. And then... do, I can do a couple of private groups here and there. Um, I've got that available. I don't have any weekends unless it's the last two weekends of October. 
and then we start duck season. So we really don't have any weekends left unless you got 40 or 50 people. I think the third weekend of October would be about all that I have left. Uh, I've got some goose dates left in November still and have some goose dates in uh, December. And then in January, got some crane and duck dates left. And we also got some stuff in Nebraska. So anyways, holler at me at 940-658-3172. We appreciate y'all listening to the Big Honker Podcast. We grow and grow and grow, and it's up to you. And don't forget about the Patreon account. What's the Patreon under? Big Honker Podcast. The Big Honker Podcast. All right. Thank y'all. God bless y'all. Be safe and enjoy the show. This episode of the podcast, we are joined by Dr. Mark Brockman, and we talk about uh, a couple podcasts ago, I mentioned ADD and ADHD and how I think that it's overdiagnosed. Um, Dr. Brockman messaged me and said, listen, I'd love to have a conversation about this. Uh, he is an MD. He is a pediatrics doctor, and he deals with this on a daily basis. So uh, fantastic conversation. Uh, cover a lot of great stuff, ADD in kids, um, vaccines, peanut butter allergies, autism, uh, ivermectin, COVID. Very, very good conversation. Uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Hopefully this uh, finds somebody that needs to hear it. So here he is, Dr. Mark Brockman. Oh, fucking protein powder. Yeah, that's why I didn't take mine this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still bulking season. Still bulking season. Been bulking since 1982. <laughs> I think I'm getting a weight set for Father's Day. You're getting a weight set? Oh, yeah. Going back to my roots, Jeff. When is Father's Day? The 18th. There's going to be lots of, lots of dead left. All you need. You want me to hit you guys what I want for Father's Day? Too late. I got you a nice gift card. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom! Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world famous Andy Shaver. End of July, last weekend in July, St. Louis, Missouri, third Dive Bomb Squad Fest. I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. Going to be some great calling competitions. Trevor Shanahan met, called me last night. I've got to call him later this week, but he's getting getting ready. He's going to, he's going to sweep it. He's actually practicing? Ah, he didn't say that. If he's practicing, everybody else is playing for a second. I'm just assuming he's practicing because well, he it'll... asked me if I was going to be at Squad Fest, so it's oh. on his mind. Maybe he wants you to call with him in the Pro-Am. No. Not doing that. I told him I'd call with him. I'd come out of retirement. We oh could, yeah, we could be the team guy. But well, we can switch. You can go to Squad Fest, and I'll go to Delta. No, nah, I'm going to be in Delta. If, already. if you're going to do this pro am, I don't want to. I don't want to hinder your dreams. You know what? Hopes and wishes. If I win a calling contest, it would just go to my head, and I don't. I don't need I a bigger head than that, anyways. Understand. Also, go to Patreon and check out the Big Honker Podcast Patreon. We dropped three videos last week. We're dropping three more this week. We drop three every week. Doing a giveaway on a pair of Shin Gear Scout boots. Yep. Have to be a member of Patreon to win it. That is that will be given away this Thursday, so you got to be a member for Thursday. And then after that, we're going to be giving away a couple of Pacific calls, the Big Honker Podcast calls. So there's going to be a lot of cool giveaways in Patreon. So it's $3 a month, you cheap bastards. It's the same price as a Bud Light at a gay bar. Anyway, anyway, with us today from Shepherdsville, Kentucky, Mr. Dr. Mark Broadway. Doc, Brock, are you, Brockman. What are, did, I fuck that, did I fuck that all up? Yeah, you're I? talking way too fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dr. Mark Brockman. Is that better? Yeah. I think it's important to get your guest name right. Did I, yeah, call, I, mean, did I say Dr. Broadway? You did. 
Yeah, you got, you know, I've been to Broadway a time or two. That's so. what I was thinking of myself. I, I think he's got like Nashville on his mind because when we went through Kentucky, that was on our trip to Nashville and ended up on Broadway. Yeah. So, you know, it all runs together in Jeff's convoluted mind somehow. <laughs> so you're a Louisville Cardinal, right? Well, yeah, yeah, uh, I was for a while, but um, after a lot of what went on for like the past two years, I don't really support that university as much, but that's where I graduated Are from. Are you a football fan? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was there, um, you know, when we were in the Orange Bowl. That was my freshman year of college. Um, and, you know, so I, I've been to the highs of highs, but so it's been low. Are you lately. a uh, Lamar Jackson fan then? Oh, yeah. Um, especially when he was in, when we were in college for sure. But, uh, I don't really keep up with the NFL anymore as well for the same kind of reasons. All the woke bullshit. Louisville, yeah. Louisville yeah, went woke. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't Did follow you... that. I didn't follow that. I'm sorry. That's when they had the, the shooting and all that other shit. Did you, uh, remember that. speaking of going woke and going broke faster than you could possibly do it, Target has decided they're just going to go ahead and commit suicide, I guess, because it's come it out. Back. No, they're supporting a anti-American group that wants all public land to be given back to the in, uh, Native Indians, Native Americans. Uh -huh. And they're a big, they've been financing this group out of South Dakota that wants to take back all the, the, black, the black Hills and the Badlands. It's kind of racist come the Black Hills, isn't it, though? have caught something Are they else. black? No, they kind of scalded red. Oh. It's a pretty area. It's a beautiful area. And I think the Indians got screwed on that deal. I really do. But they're pushing this deal. Fuck, they just keep going down further and further. I saw where their stock price is exactly half of what it was two years ago, 18 months ago. So it's been a decline anyways. But in the last, the last three weeks, I think their stock is now. I think they're down $30 billion in what they're worth. So stupid is as stupid goes. All right, let's right. talk medicine, Doc. First, so so what prompted this is um, you messaged and said that um, some of our stances on ADD and ADHD uh, could... Goddamn, Jeff does that every time. Um, some of our stances on ADD and ADHD could, could potentially, um, you know, harm the trust factor that is between a doctor and a patient. And, uh, you know, whenever I look back on it, I, you're, you're, you're right. I could have phrased it differently because, um, the way that I was speaking, I was speaking as an absolute and there are no such things as absolutes. Sure. Um, but I still think that ADD and ADHD are extremely overdiagnosed. Oh, wholeheartedly. And that, and that was one of the things I wanted to uh, talk about was um, I do agree with what you're saying um, to an extent. Um, but like you said, um, as an absolute, um, a lot of times we make those kind of statements and I get it. I get it completely. I have this conversation daily. Um, my whole goal in practicing medicine is to not have a kid on any kind of medicine if we right. can avoid it for sure. Um, but that statement, like you, you'd said, um, I have to, um, explain to parents a lot cause they come in, they say exactly what you said. They don't want their kid to be a zombie. Uh, they don't want to use these medicines cause of the negative connotations around them. And, um, so I have to go through uh, a lot of explaining. It's mostly the fathers, uh, a lot of times and I get it. 
hundred percent. Um, but, uh, and that's, and I'm usually not one to reach out like I'm, that, but I think that day I had like three or four conversations with, uh, fathers, um, who are real reluctant to start these medicines, um, for their children. Um, because you know, most of the time, most people feel that way when they're outside of, um, uh, practicing medicine or, or might have a child that actually needs these kinds of things. Can I tell you how excited I was whenever this came into our inbox? Like I, I really was because this is something that it's something that fascinates me because it signals kind of a cultural shift. And Jeff, you know, I mean, Jeff and I Mm -hmm. have talked about this for the last month or so. Um, But, and, and, and the question always remains, are we getting better at the diagnosis ADD, ADHD, or is there something going on in our culture via, you know, screen time, diet, red dye 40, um, parenting, Is there something culturally going on that that's that's not right, or are we just so much more advanced at seeing this than we were in the 1970s and 1980s? No, I think I think it's multifactorial, like you're saying. Um, uh, I stress diet and exercise I mean, first and foremost. I mean, uh, like you're saying, the red dyes, um, a lot of the processed foods, uh, the stuff that they are. Um, that we're putting in kids' bodies first and foremost, just on a daily basis, and their diet is awful. Um, you know how many kids, um, their behavior issues just stem from constipation. You wouldn't even think <laughs> that, you know, that's the problem. Um, especially like, uh, an autistic child or something like that. If, if your gut health's right. not there, the rest of it, uh, is going to be an issue too. Because so I, I, I that's don't want to stop you, but because most of the, uh, most of the, uh, um, I'm trying to think of the word, the hormones and stuff get released from the gut, correct? And then they go up to the brain. So like, you've got to have that in symbiotic, you know, in, in symphony. Well, there's, there's definitely a lot of feedback mechanisms that occur in the body. And, um, the more and more we look at things, we realize that just the normal gut bacteria that we have play a huge role in our behavior and just in, in our other our overall health. So, um, it's one of those things if one, if one part's not working right, the rest of it's not going to work right. Right. So, you know, um, so that's, that's some of the stuff that I stress with parents. If, um, if we're not looking at this in, um, a lot of different lights, just starting a medication, of course, is not the right move. Um, and I think a lot of parents get worried that here's your pill. See you later. Um, and that's poor medicine. It's funny that a lot of parents, you know, they're like, I don't want to give them a pill, but it's like, okay, like, is he eating a bag of Cheetos every day? Like, you know, they're, they're not looking at stuff that they're doing at home, but they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to get them on any sort of medication when, you know, that the well, pill is a bridge too far. But it's just like he's eating a fucking bag of Cheetos and a box of cereal every morning for breakfast. Like, yeah, he's got, he's got nothing but sugar in his diet. We we as a society and me of the, of the boy that likes a couple of biscuits, I overeat all the time. And I have been since I've been well, my whole fucking life. But. When I was young, I was active and I ran and played softball, went out fucking bar hopping every night. I stayed 200 pounds forever. You get married, you get fat. But we had snacks in the house and everything else. But when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, we had one fat kid in our class. And by today's standards, he wasn't even fat. By today's standards, he's just Mm -hmm. a healthy kid. I mean, he's not. Because I notice other kids, you know, you go to, hell, we played softball this weekend. I went to a softball, my granddaughter softball tournament. The girls with the really good softball teams had a lot of big, big girls on their team, mm-hmm. big girls. 
and that's common. But when you look at society, if you look at an ad for, or show an old show and that shows a beach in the seventies, there ain't a fat some bitch in the world. Everybody's thin and looks good and stuff. And it's got to be all the shit we're putting in our bodies that's not natural. It has to be. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're you're definitely right. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics recently put out. Um, more guidelines on obesity and pediatrics. And um, you would have thought the world was coming to the end. Everybody said all these kids are going to have eating disorders and they're going to have all these issues. And um, so we've, we've swung way too far um, with uh, poor diets and, um, and just a lack of overall health. Um, it's it's me, sad. Me and Andy were in uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. We went to a soul food place to eat. Do you remember that? We were in there eating. It was me and Michelle, and we were doing filming, so it was the whole family. Jesse was there, too. And there was a lady in there, and she was buying her daughter some cobbler. And, oh, the, and yeah. the girl was three foot three and was about 2.7 wide. I mean, she was a big little girl. And Andy said when they were walking out and her mom was buying her some cobbler to go, and after she had had a 32-ounce Coke, Andy goes, that arrest that lady for, like, child, for child abuse. abuse. That's what he said. And I thought, what a fucking asshole. And then I started thinking about it, and I thought, you know, he's exactly right. I mean, it really is. That 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 little girl is going down a vicious cycle, and she's going to weigh 300 pounds by the time she's 23 or 24 years old unless something happens dramatically. And all her mom's trying to do is make her daughter happy by buying her stuff that makes her happy, and I understand that. But she's doing her daughter a huge disservice. And when Andy said that, after I thought about it, I thought, man, he's exactly right. Well, and it goes beyond that because now we live in a society where nobody can call, you know, fast forward 10 years and, you know, she's 18, 19, 20 years old. You can't call her a fat heifer. So, I mean, we're we're not living in a world that's going to correct any sort of that gluttonous behavior because she's beautiful, right? Yeah. You know, the, uh, they they also <laughs> start this thing where they don't want us to uh, um, weigh the children when they come in for their well child checks and that kind of really? thing. Uh, so we don't shame them. So you don't mm-hmm. fat shame them. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, yeah, some of the stuff that people are coming up with is just uh, absurd. And so what, what are we going to – we're setting them up uh, for failure, like you were saying, 100%. Um, it's a shame. But like – Get I mean, a kid. That's I mean, fucking ridiculous. But like yeah, your oh yeah. height, Pretty your height, fun. your weight, your, you know, your fat content, like a lot of those, you factor in all these different variables to assess how healthy a child is, right? So oh now yeah, you're just basically 100%. cutting the doctor's knees out to – I mean, he can't even get an accurate profile on a kid because he can't put him on a scale. <laughs> you little fat fucker, get up here on that scale. That's what I would have been told when I was little, and nobody would have thought. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the exact the truth. In elementary school, one fat kid, in the whole freaking school that I can remember, one. That was it. There just wasn't fat people like there are now. And it's kids, and it's unhealthy. And if you watch Honey Boo Boo, you know, fuck, mm-hmm. she's <laughs> huge, and everybody knows she's huge, but nobody wants to say nothing. They want to give her an extra donut. Mm-hmm. And I'm from a fat, I'm a fat boy. So I can say that about other fat people. You know, if you're black, you can make fun of black people. If you're fat, you can make fun of fat people. Well, I'm going to make fun of fat people and we got to do something to these kids. It's bad. So let me, let me ask you, doctor, is there any, like when you diagnose a kid with ADD or ADHD, what is it all mm-hmm. based off of what the parents are telling you on how they're behaving or are there like, is there any sort of test that you can run that would indicate definitively, oh, no, this is definitely ADD or ADHD? That's a good question. Uh, and a lot of parents want uh, want 
testing for um, ADD or ADHD. And unfortunately, everybody's brain's different. Right. And that's what I, that's one of the first things I tell parents, you know, everyone's brain's different. These children are very, very smart. Um, they're, they're gifted children. Um, but like one of the things you all were talking about earlier is that, um, schools not set up for children like right. this. They're not set up for kids whose brain works this way. Um, now, of course, there's extremes on, on any um, aspect of it. Uh, you've got some kids that are just extremely uh, attention deficit or and then the hyperactive component as well. They do have um, what we screening tools like the Vanderbilt form and that kind of thing. Um, but to really give a definitive or def diagnosis, it would take a pediatric psychiatrist really sitting down with this child for an hour or so uh, looking at all aspects of their life. We don't have that. We don't have that anymore. Um, and of course, that's one of the things you all are seeing. Mental health in the United States is awful. We don't have the people and we've got social media and the decline of home life, uh, you know, no father figures, that kind of stuff. Um, marijuana use and pregnancy is skyrocketing these kind of behaviors. Um, so you're seeing you know, some of the downfall of society causing a lot of these issues. But back to what you were saying, um, no, I cannot just give you a test or, or, you know, here's your, it's blue or red, you've got ADD or right. not. Um, but what I usually looking for uh, in a child, um, if we're going to start one of these medications, a methylphenidate or an amphetamine, um, you know, you're kind of, your Ritalin or your Adderall, a lot of the ones people have seen, um, is their impulsivity. How impulsive is this kid? Are they running out in the street chasing the ball? Um, these are the guys in the duck blinds that, you know, end up popping off a shot on accident. That's your ADD guy. Um, you're looking at those kind of behaviors. And two, what is their school performance? What is their performance out on maybe playing on the football team? How is that going? Are they able to focus and get things done? So those are the kind of things that, that I look at. But you also got to think there's a lot of what we call comorbid conditions that go along with it. Um, oppositional defiant disorder, anxiety, depression, that kind of stuff. So it's, it can't be a, just a catch-all. Um, and that's where you get the problems like you all were talking about. Here's your pill. See you later. Go stay in the corner and drool on yourself. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that will just do that. Um, and that's not right. right. Um, and so when I'm prescribing one of these medications, um, I follow them very closely. So once we start it, two weeks later, you're back in my office, but they're always able to call me, you know, once they take this, their first pill. If that kid doesn't feel right, if they're completely zonked out, which is very rare because we start very, very low um, and work our way up. Um, and so we watch them really closely at my practice. Um, also, um, you know, I don't, my goal is not to change that child. My goal is to increase their confidence in themselves. Cause how would you feel if you're constantly being told, stop doing what you're doing, you're not doing right. right. So these kids that right. would probably otherwise be super successful as adults aren't cause they're 18, 19 went undiagnosed, untreated. And now they don't have any confidence to go forward. Um, so those are the things I look for and um, the reasons to start some of these medicines. Sad reality is a lot of kids, you know, if they could change a couple things, they they wouldn't have had to go through their school career being told that they were stupid and not going to amount to anything. Right. And that's what um, I'm trying to avoid. Um, and a lot of parents, the majority of my parents come back to me and they say, 
This has been life changing. The kid is happy. They're doing awesome in school, but they're still their, their selves. They're still a fun, energetic kid, um, but they're able to get their stuff done and stay on task. And they've started to make new friends and do all this kind of stuff. A lot of parents, too, they get nervous about what's the like addiction potential and what what are those those kind of things. And it's very, very low and abuse potential when done correctly. Very, very low. Really, it's not going to happen. But these kids that are ADHD, ADD, they start self-medicating when they're teenagers. They if they're undiagnosed, if you're not watching, that's where you start running into um, where they do get addicted to to certain drugs and that kind of Would stuff. Would it be like cocaine? They're also impulsive with cocaine or just, you know, street methamphetamine, you know, crystal meth. Um, now, that's those are extreme cases. But these kids, again, are so impulsive, they don't think before they do something. And so that it's a it's a cycle where they will use drugs and, and do these kind of things before they think of the consequences. So it's actually shown to reduce uh when, when you're using these medicines and treating these children appropriately, reducing their uh, potential for abusing street drugs later what on. What are in the life. percentages of kids that are that are prescribed? What do you call these medicines? These are they? Yeah, stimulant SSIs medicines. Or stimulant medicines. Oh, that's, that's all right. Well, some some can yeah. be, can't <laughs> they? Though, like, uh, well, go ahead. You you know this more than me. Well, so we do also have non-stimulant medicines that um, that can help with uh, just attention. They don't work as well, um, but um, you're talking about um, serotonin, dopamine, those kind of things. Now, they do have uh, some medications that if you can use, um, well, everyone like the sort of Prozac and that kind of stuff, and parents freak out about that one. That's another one, too, that has negative connotations, but when used appropriately, um, you know, that's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor that um, children's uh, behavior and just their overall health skyrockets when, when again, well, Lex, right. Lexapro and Zoloft are SSRIs. What, Do you ever uh, mm-hmm. prescribe them for ADHD? Not, not just ADHD, but again, like I said, a lot of these depression. kids um, that have ADD, a lot right. of them are depressed uh, for one reason or the other as well, so... You got to be careful and you can't just label a child with one thing and be done with it. And here's your medicine. See in six months kind of deal that you got to And you also have to empower the parent to ask questions and to be involved in this uh, for sure. Here's my question. What are the percentages of kids that are put on this meds that at 25 years old are not addicted to a a drug and are, are living a normal life? That's a great question. I don't know if there's any studies out there that have um, actually looked at that, but I can I could almost guarantee that children that have been followed and and this has been treated right by a by what we call a provider or somebody who's able to prescribe these medicines, their potential for that kind of stuff is so low. It's it's not it's not really a risk factor. My thing is is that 30, 40 years ago. We had a bunch of jackass kids. 20 years ago, we did. We don't have that jackass kid hardly anymore. They're all fucking sitting in the room playing video games and painting their fingernails black. 
We we have we have lost well <laughs> the the Dennis the Menace kid. I don't I don't even know the word for it, but every class had a bunch of them. Matter of fact, half the boys were that way. They jumped bikes, they did all kinds of shit. They played outside, they broke windows, they shot BB guns, they hunted, they fished, they could, you know, they knew how to run jumper cables on a pickup. I mean, they were kids. They were fixing to be men one day in their life, but they grew up as boys and men. We've lost those kids. We don't have very many of them. We and, right. and 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 in the country we still do have a few of them, but when you get out of the country, they're they're hard to fucking find. It seems like we're over medicating all these kids, and it's not all just medicine. It's the the way they live in their household, but it just seems like we got so many more kids on meds. It's not even good for adults to be on medicine. And to me, it would be scary to know the the percentages of kids that are on medicines that are in school every day. Well, yeah, and um, I think, well, like you said, it's a, it's a change in the dynamic of of the household. Um, are you having two parent homes with a dad who's taking that kid out and letting him run, and and or are they sticking him in front of video games all day long? An ADD kid loves right. a video game uh, because it's constantly changing, it's constantly moving, and that's the way their brain works. That's why they do so well outside because they it's constantly changing. They're constantly running and going, um, but. Uh, uh, now, um, I, it's because that's it's not, what they're doing. It's not an they're attention deficit. They don't have a lack of attention. It's just their attention scatters, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Their brain works so fast that they're they're on the next task before they and even realize. Is it. that what the and, amphetamines uh, will do? Is it speeds everything else up to catch up to to their brain working? So it actually, you know, it's kind of. Um, so, but again, everyone's brain's working a little bit differently. And when we say stimulant medication, it, it makes you think, oh, it's it's stimulating them. Well, it's more stimulating them to be able to focus on that one task and complete it before they go on to the next one. Because their brain is a whirlwind um, and uh, it likes fast moving stuff. And that's not how school right. works. You know, that's not how um, football practice works. Uh, you're going through drills, you're going through plays and um, so that kid's gonna could be a star, but he can't he can't focus on he's watching what's going on next door, and um, and so he's getting disciplined on the football field. But you're not gonna like football anymore because you're constantly getting yelled See, at. I, I know some guys that know Jerry Jones pretty well, and they've told me that he is really hard to deal with because he's always he's bouncing from one subject to another. Well, they said all the Trump time. says the same way. Like Trump, they said there's no telling how, how what kind of pills he's on because his attention. Is just well, I don't know that Jerry Jones is on any pills. I just said that he jumps from one thing. If you're in a meeting with him, he moves fast. It's 10 fucking things he talks about that has nothing to do with you. Oh, he just he's a he's overachiever. And I and, I, and I've got a good friend of mine that's the same way that's very successful. Makes you wonder, Elon Musk. I wonder if he was on any kind of ADHD medicine. I think you need to let mm-hmm. some of these kids be. I, I think most of the kids need to be kids. I really believe we over-medicate uh-huh. most of the children that are over-medicated. Some kids are just horses' asses, and that's just the way it is. Sure. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Um, but it, uh, another thing that I, I stress with um, these parents, and the nice thing about these medications is during the summer, during fall break, during the weekends, you don't have to take them. You, you know, you you're, you don't take them. You just use them to be able to get them to where they're 18, 19. Then they find what their uh, life passion is, and they'll do great at it. They'll do great at it. But I have to get them 
from, you know, usually uh, when you, unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of these behaviors earlier um, because of the way um, uh, drug abuse uh, uh, and pregnancy and that kind of stuff um, and poor home life, poor sleep uh, schedules, that kind of, and poor diet like we talked about. But usually around the age six, seven, they are starting to um, get in a lot of trouble, uh, constantly redirected. Um, so I got to get them in that 11 year uh, stretch where they can be a confident young man or young woman so they can succeed as an adult. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be anxious, depressed. And and I'm speaking in generalities here. Um, now, if you've got uh, a mother and father that are there at school every day, if we've set up, we have like individual uh, education experiences, IEPs, 504 plans, that's a lot of stuff that the school's doing to help with these kids. Because you're, you're right, Jeff, they're, um, you don't want these kids on medicine if we can help it. Um, and so uh, there are ways around that and to keep these kids from being over medicated. Um, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to change this child. I want to keep them who they are, but um, make sure they can be the best. Okay, I want to talk about the elephant in the room here. Fentanyl, pain patches, hydrocodone, doctors getting a kickback from Pfizer or whoever, Merck or whoever makes these deals. I think that's a huge problem we have in our country. I think that uh, we have these pain management places. I think a lot mm-hmm. of them are nothing more than a bank for the doctor to get rich and to keep people zombied up on federally licensed drugs, kind of like methadone. What are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, like I have a DEA number um, that um, uh, I have to, every time I prescribe a medication, um, I have to run what's called a Casper here in Kentucky, and it makes sure that um, I'm not prescribing uh, crazy amounts of opioids, which I really don't use those in pediatrics anyways, especially outpatient. Um, but but uh, these stimulant medications like we were talking about, they're controlled, uh, regulated by the DEA. Um, and uh, so I have to keep a DEA number and run that every time I'm prescribing these medicines. So. Uh, on my end, they're watching me like a hawk to make sure I'm not doing anything funny like that. But there are people uh, like in any walks of life that are abusing their power and, and abusing that. I, we used to, my wife's from Eastern Kentucky and, um, that was one of the, that's one of the hardest hits from that kind of opioid epidemic. Um, but we've really done a good job at cracking down on that. Um, I can't, just because I prescribe a medication like I was messaging with Andy, I can't get paid just to use that. Now, it used to be that way. Um, a lot of people were getting a lot of that stuff. But you can, unfortunately, be a spokesperson for that medicine and be getting paid, but you can't get paid per prescription, if that makes there's, sense. There's, there's something that, that there, there's a financial reward somewhere for these pain hospitals. There's too many of them that just keep these people <laughs> zombied up all the time. I mean, I know a lot of people. My mom is one yeah. of them, and I know a lot of other mothers and dads. And, you know, someone gets hurt, and they have an injury, and they go, and the next thing you know, they're addicted to pain pills. You see it all the time. There's Well, and my wife um, is adult. She does adults and pediatric medicine. Uh, so she's med ped. She's dual certified. So she's dealing with a lot of these people. I think the younger generation of physician, um, like myself and my wife, um, are a lot better about uh, not just giving these medicines and, giving in to the people who want them and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think you're going to see a, a swing, but I agree there was uh, a time in an older um, 
way of practicing medicine that wasn't right. No, we, wasn't we good. See that. And then if you go, to the, you break your leg, you go to the ER with a broken leg, uh, take a Tylenol 3. <laughs> Tylenol no, 3. Fucking my damn bone sticking out. Please yeah. give me something to make the pain go away. I was worried about opioid crisis. But then, you know, crazy Sheila down the yeah. fucking road, she gets, she gets 462 hydrocodone a month on a prescription. And it just and, and I dealt with mm-hmm. that. When I was city judge, I had a lady come in one time that had an issue with her pain meds. She was getting an untold amount. I'm, I, I mean, it was like she was taking like 16 hydrocodone a day. So she was getting a prescription for 400 of them every month. And, and, and she's wondering why she's slobbering and can't fucking keep a job. Well, I think it's in 400 hydrocodone you take a month. But it was legal. Yeah. And I thought something's wrong right. here. Well, our attorney general, Daniel Cameron, has done a, a good job at um, really staying on top of that as well. Um, and the Kentucky Medical Association is is cracked down. Now, of course, there's always going to be bad players, unfortunately. Um, but we're doing a better job at it uh, as a whole. What, and what about – go ahead, Andy. Okay. No, go ahead. Um, my other question is, is methadone. I don't know much about methadone, and my experience with methadone is is our federal government is getting paid to keep people on meth, and it's and it's legalized so, meth. What is it? Do, what do you, do you know much about methadone, and how is that how is that helping the problem? Well, so it's again, it, it's something I don't deal with on a daily basis anymore. Uh, to, of course, through medical school and that kind of stuff, but we do have um, pain centers that are trying uh, to get these people off. Um, well any opioid, you know, heroin, whatever you, you want it to be. And methadone um, is there to help wean a patient off that. But it's just something that um, you can't just, here's your methadone, you'll be fine in a couple months. Uh, it takes a lot to beat an addiction. But that's the, that's the point of methadone. Uh, but I don't know about uh, government kickbacks and that kind of stuff. I don't trust the government as far as I could throw them. I can promise you that. But uh, as far as them getting medicine, uh, money from keeping people using methadone, I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff, obviously, that goes on um, with the government and, and health care that's probably yeah, I, don't, I don't know that the government is getting rich off methadone, but the government has set up this methadone. from, And I'm not... A, an expert by any means on this, but what little bit I know about this is, is you can be addicted to meth, heroin, prescription pills. And part of the treatment center is you can go to a methadone clinic and then you're going to take something that's going to mm-hmm. keep you high. Cause you get addicted to it also, but it's the government's made it legal. So the government's getting paid to do it. It's the same fucking deal. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Instead of you having a pimp or a drug dealer, you're good. You're buying it from the government. And a licensed area that they're making it okay. Right. And I just, I, I think we band-aid stuff all the time, but there's always a money factor. And, and like you said, nobody trusts the government anymore. No. Um, but, um, yeah, so these treatment centers are supposed to be there, like I said, but it's, it's multifactorial. And, um, I think once, once the government gets their hands in something, um, it's not going to no, be good. No, nothing at all. Okay, this will be my last one. I'm going to let Andy ask questions because I had a few what? things I want to talk about. I'm, this is my last question that I'm going to have on this little <laughs> oh, tangent on, on that I have. On method, my little stuff, not for the whole podcast, just my on this deal. We've always, we've always had fucking crazy-ass people in the world, for, for always. They probably shades about 70% sure. on the female side, but we've had lots of crazy people, redheaded <laughs> females about 90%. But my question is, 
how in the fuck do we have all these bipolar crazy people that we didn't have 30 years ago? Because I used to deal with this in court all the time. Well, I'm bipolar. Well, fuck yeah, you're crazy. Everybody's crazy. All the time. What, what, why the diagnose so many diagnoses now on bipolar people and then none of them can work, but they can all get a government check and live in government housing. Never got it. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, a lot of these people were probably higher functioning, um, prior to, um, well, 30, 40 years ago, um, you know, higher functioning schizophrenic or, uh, bipolar person, but, um, with the shift in society, I think a lot of people can't handle the anxiety, the depression, and um, you're stuck in front of a TV all day long. You're not outside. You're not exercising. You're not doing those the kind of healthy things like we're talking about. So, yeah, it drives you uh, even more crazy. Um, and to your point, um, they're getting paid to stay at home. Right. Um, they're, you know, so what are they going to do? Um, they're not going to make the effort. And there's not... Also, they, um, uh, the family structures um, destroyed, so there's no one else there to help them. So now they're just stuck alone in an apartment somewhere that the government's paid for. Um, and uh, unfortunately, obviously, this is what so you're talk seeing. Talk to me about screen time. How much screen time, in your opinion, I don't want to go by what pediat- American pediatrics or anything like that, but in your opinion, what is the maximum amount of screen time that a 10-year-old kid should have? Yeah. Well, um, so of course they've come out, this is something that's, um, always debated and looked at and we've seen studies where, um, actually there's possibility of shrinkage of white matter in the brain, uh, with increase in screen time. Uh, but it depends on what kind of screen time you're talking about. Is this an educational thing, um, that you're sitting down with your child and, uh, going through and talking about and learning about? So if, like I have a uh, almost three-year-old daughter now, and um, you know a lot of these educational games. If me or my wife are sitting there with her, we can do that for an hour or two hours sometimes uh, on a cold winter's day. That's fine. Um, but in my opinion, um, if a child's sitting in front of a TV for more than uh, just playing video games or watching um, crap on TV, no more than an hour and a half. I mean, if he's got that much free time, he needs to be right. doing something else. So an hour and a half, can you, would you recommend to like break that up or would an hour and a half be, would that be okay? And you still wouldn't lose anything or would it be better to do uh, 45 minutes and 45 minutes or 30, 30 and 30? In my opinion, it wouldn't matter if you're watching TV at the, after school for an hour and then you get back at it. That's great. You know, if you're at the end of the day, if you, if the whole family sits down and watches a movie for an hour and a half, that's awesome. But if he's sitting there in his room by himself playing Grand yeah. Theft Auto, um, you know, what's what are you cultivating there? Yeah. Um, a it's not going to be good. Killer. So it depends on or a carjacker. Right? So it just depends on. Right. It depends on what you're doing with that screen time. Uh, are you watching uh, duck hunting videos with your right. dad? You might want you might have just burned up two hours, but uh, most of them, that's not what they're doing. So if you're if. But screen time would be um, no more than an hour and a half is generous um, if you're just playing some crazy video game or watching um, some BS on Netflix. That ain't good. Back when when I was a kid growing up, TV sucked. Yeah. I mean, you got got out of fucking school and you watched Leave it to Beaver, which was made in 1957, or you watched Gilligan's Island, 
and the Brady Bunch, and then the fucking world news come on. It was fucking shot after that shit. Yeah. And then the stuff that was on for adults, there wasn't very much stuff to watch. So kids of the 70s didn't watch as much TV because there wasn't as much good TV to watch. And their damn sure didn't come nothing on after 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and you had to go to bed. My problem with everything, and I've got an 8- and a 4-year-old boy, is Jeff and my mom were... Of the, the they parented uh, a well, lot. I can't they, wait to hear this. They parented all three kids the exact same, which probably wasn't good for the middle one. But we had an agreement that as long as you get your stuff done, you can mm-hmm. do what you want. I mean, whoa, within, whoa, whoa, within, hold on, hold on, within hold on. reason. You At don't have to. Have, you don't have to have a bedtime yes. if you want to play video games. As long as you get up. And you make straight A's. You guys all made straight A's in school. As long as you get up. I didn't make straight A's. I was A, A, B. But as long as you wake up in the morning and you don't give your mom attitude when she wakes you up, your grades don't slack, you're, you know, you're where you need to be athletically, socially, all that stuff. No bedtime. Do what you want in your free time. So that's where I struggle with my kids is because I came from the background of just like if you want to play it do it but like just take care of your shit and i'm worried that that's Mm -hmm. you know i got an eight and a four-year-old so like the proof is not in the pudding yet because they're very young but i'm afraid that that mentality and that uh mindset of mine could change could have to change let me clarify some stuff for me and michelle so we don't look like we're the charles mansons of the family what are you talking about (laughs) you guys when you were nine years old and eight years old were not staying up till midnight no, 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 no. This was when we were when in you got late, to be seventh, eighth grade, seventh, junior, eighth grade on. When you got school. to be 13, 14 years old, right. you're old enough to be responsible. Oh no, my eight year old's not saying like, no, he goes to bed at eight thirty. Right. No, like, no, even last yeah, night, and we, it's summer. We, so I wanted to clarify that so they didn't think when you guys were six, you were fucking no, running around the house no, getting no. tattoos and smoking Marlboros. <laughs> no, right. We the boys when they got to be in junior high, they were responsible. All three boys made good grades in school, socially accepted, did their thing. Didn't have a problem with that at all. Right. As long as you made your grades and you went to class and you didn't give them. The biggest problem was getting your ass up out of bed in the morning. If you want to stay up till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning watching TV and doing whatever. And Andy was the world's worst about I'd hear the microwave go off about 11 o'clock every night. night and Andy would get up and make I got up. F- full plate of dinner. You did. Michelle never had to scream. Andy threw a cap on and brushed his teeth and walked out the door. If he had to be at school at 8 o'clock, Andy left our house at 7.55, rolled his ass out of bed at 7.45. <laughs> He looked like shit and he had bad breath. That was on him. I didn't care <laughs> as long as he went to school. But you got that. That's how we raised you guys. You guys were responsible, <laughs> so we weren't bad not parents. At, not, okay. I wanted to clarify that right. so everybody was thinking at eight years old, you no. kids were doing what you. Want. No. But yes, we did, and that's and I still believe that that's the freedom you have. If you can't get your ass out of bed, I'm going to dictate what time you go to bed right. and you do everything. But if you do everything you're supposed to and take care of business, I don't have to follow. Same with I do with my guides out here, right? And so that that's my parenting deal. So go ahead. I'm sorry. But I my thing my theory on parenting, and like I said, I got an eight and a four year old, so I'm very new at this, is I want to throttle back when I can and let them as they mature and grow up, like Jeff said, when they reach junior high and high school to where they're kind of regulating themselves. Yeah. Well, um, I think as the child matures, you have to definitely change the way you're parenting. Uh, young children up until, um, you know, the age of probably seven, eight, um, they thrive better on a routine. Yes. They know what to expect. You know, here's your bedtime. Uh, and we do the same thing uh, before bedtime. If you're coming from a chaotic home where the TV's blaring and 
mom and dad are, uh, if there is mom and dad are coming in and out and their friends are coming in and out and um, they're driving the kids to Taco Bell at 1130 at night, those kids are the ones that have behavior issues the most. Those kids, um, unfortunately, are, are you're not setting them up for success. So, um, you know, it starts actually, in my opinion, day one um, routine, keeping this child, uh, whatever that may be, like at six months old, uh, bath, bottle, read a book, you're in bed at 830 every night. And that child will sleep. 10, 12 hours and, uh, you know, wake up, but the kid that's, it's just all sporadic, they're not going to have a good sleep schedule. And then you're setting them up, um, you know, and if you're not sleep training these children, if as soon as they, you can go to the opposite extreme too, as soon as they're crying, you're picking them up, you're coddling them all day long. Um, they don't have confidence in themselves to go into new experiences, go into preschool, kindergarten, whatever. Those kids are screaming and crying. The child that's kind of allowed to explore, to make their own decisions, they have confidence in themselves and they can go and, and do new things without having a, a complete meltdown. Right. So that makes sense in my mind. Create a healthy routine when they're early, five, six, seven, eight, master that routine. And then by the time they reach their teenage years, the foundation is laid. Like it's just right. rinse and repeat. And then you can go out on your own and tinker here, tinker there, see if this works for you but you've got your base set of routines kind of down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were raised the same way as, as if uh, you didn't, if you didn't lie, you got your stuff done. Our parents could trust you. Have fun. You know, we trust what you're going to do, your judgment. But as soon as you messed up, then yeah, we we're going to put the hammer down. But um, my parents were, you know, pretty much the same way. Andy and them are living in the perfect cycle or uh, data for someone to do a study on. Because Andy and Jesse both are extremely, extremely hardworking people. Y'all both have great work ethic. If one of your kids turns out to be a lazy little fucker, that's <laughs> got to be on y'all because the base, the foundation is set for them because y'all are both go-getters. Well, I mean. Y'all are. It, now, y'all both use your cell phones too damn much. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to say this. I'm the same way. We'll have, we, we'll go, we, we do a lot as a family, grandkids, kids, the family, the whole thing. We, we, as much as anybody know, would you probably say that's true, Andy? We do a lot of family stuff, mm -hmm. but we get to a freaking restaurant. I don't care if it's at Christmas time, if it's in the summer, it's, if it's at our house, having a cookout or somebody else's house, the parents are all on their damn phones. Me, including mm -hmm. a I lot. I don't agree with that at all. You don't part of, I'll point it out then. Okay. Go ahead. Please do. Please do. Um, so I can tell you kind of what happens when, when the kids get on somebody else's time, that's when the, that's when our cell phones come out. Oh, so when like, y'all are with us. Okay, yeah, there you with, go. They're with the grandparents. <laughs> okay. right. They don't need us. But no, when we're at home, I make a conscious, uh, we are on a phone probably more than we need to. But the biggest problem is her business is driven off of how much she posts on social media. And then um, with our social media stuff, with the podcast. And so you're just working that whole time. Fuck yeah. So when y'all are at our house or we go out and eat dinner and the grandparents are there, yeah, yeah, you're well, not doing no, anything? Y'all are parenting our kids when the, when the, okay. grand, when the right. grandparents That's, are there. But, so. but, and I'm not picking on Andy and Jesse or Zach and Shelby or whoever. I'm just yeah, saying cell phones are in general, if you go to a restaurant and you look around, the parents are all, they're eating meals with their kids. And when the kids are old enough, the kids either have a cell phone or, or the iPad babysitter. Now, I mm -hmm. used to not think much of this until my oldest granddaughter or daughter-in-law 
who's a daughter to me. I've raised her since, or she's been around since 12. Your wife, Andy, Jesse, used to always say something about iPads, 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 iPads. And I'll, and so I've started noticing it. I see kids two and three years old with their parents and they're carrying an iPad. They, if they're in a, well, we don't go to Target anymore, but it don't matter if you're in a store, they get little kids on a damn iPad while their mom's shopping and stuff. I understand why the parent does it. Because it keeps the kids distracted. You're shopping. The kid's happy. They're not griping and bitching and grabbing stuff off the aisles. But I think one of our biggest problems in society is the fucking iPhone and iPad. And I think kids have forgotten how to be kids because everything's imaginary. Is there Are there any studies being done at screen time? Because like when you think about ADD and attention deficit, like the screen time, like doesn't that just kind of feed that behavior? Of just I constant my brain is constantly requiring uh, rapid face ch- rapid pace change. Right. Yeah. So um, there's a a few things going on there, and yeah, there there are studies going on. Like I was saying, there's some there's I've been neuroimaging studies with screen time with children and and the reduction in white uh, uh, brain matter. Um, and so, um, but there's also you know you get a little bit of dopamine release which is, is a feel good uh, hormone uh, every time something changes you get a like you get you know uh, something so we're being we're rewarding ourselves by staying on that cell phone and um, and uh, having those constant quick little interactions um, our brain likes it not to the point that uh, you know you're uh, you really notice it but that's what we're doing you know and that's why we reach for our cell phone as soon as we get out of bed. Um, and, uh, there are, um, like reasons to, uh, use these iPads and, and that kind of stuff and they can be beneficial. But like you were saying, if that kid's constantly on it, obviously that's not good. Um, you wouldn't believe how many times I walk into the room, um, and a parent and the kid is just staring at their cell phone and I have to say, all right, it's time to put your cell phone away to the kid and the parent. And it's it's mind boggling. If the if the physician's walking in a room, you need to get off your damn cell you phone. Figure, you know. Um, <laughs> you mentioned dopamine, and I was researching uh, ADD. I was re- researching some of these issues. And is there some is there some research being done as far as dopamine and the connection with uh, ADD and ADHD? Not that I've read recently, um, but I'm sure there are studies out there. And and this is the nice thing about it, though, too, is this um, this is constantly being looked at. Um, It's not uh, and we're constantly doing research studies and making sure that um, these medicines are uh, working appropriately and the best they can. Um, You know, so the, the medicines have changed just so drastically over the last even the last 10 years. Um, that uh, we're going to see greater and greater things come out, um, better medicines, uh, better therapies um, that are, will be changing. So um, even like the old school Ritalin, that's what everybody you know is used to hearing about. And that was, here's a high dose of Ritalin, stand and drool on yourself and don't move. Right. Um, but Ritalin has changed so much that uh, um, it is a it is an effective medicine. Uh, sometimes I use it, but like I, I tell parents all the time, I have hundreds of different medicines, hundreds of different formulations, but everybody's brain works a little bit differently. Um, we might not knock it out of the park right on the first try, um, so we might have to try a few different ones at a few different doses. But um, sometimes when the child really really needs it and it's um, they they really have the problem. 
um, then it works wonders. That's the other problem with these kids. They just get, like you were saying, just stuck on a medicine, diagnosed, stuck on a medicine. They don't actually need it. That's when you see a lot of your negative side effects um, when the child actually doesn't need it. But, uh, you know, the single mom might just want to use it or the deadbeat parent that just wants a solution to their wild child. Yeah, a lot of times that's when it gets used. And I can't say that everyone's, you know, in a perfect world, it'd be great and everyone's using this appropriately, but... It's not. Yeah. So I'm, I pulled up the article. Um, some research believe that the, this different. Um, OK, so scientists have observed that the level of dopamines are different in people with ADD, ADHD rather than those without. Mm-hmm. Some researchers believe this difference is because neurons in the brain and nervous system of people with unmedicated ADHD have higher concentrations of proteins called dopamine transporters. Uh, the concentration of these trans proteins. uh DTD dopamine transporter density. Um, but anyway, some of the research suggests that that is why a lot of people that go undiagnosed will go seek out methamphetamine, cocaine, and um, kids that have it will go seek out uh, like naturally sugary, uh, sugary foods. And, you know, that could be cart and horse type of deal. But, um, this is right. acting like there could be a potential connection between dopamine levels and um, ADHD and ADD. So, but like you said, like everybody, like as we advance as a society, like this is just going to continue to get uh, more and more research done. Um, yeah. Talk to me about red dye 40, because this is something that I never heard about until we had children and apparently it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, if you look at, if you look at, uh, the rate of ADD in America, it's right, right under 10%. Am I, are my numbers correct? Yeah. And if you look at it in Europe, it's three to five. One of the differences is, is red dye 40 is banned in most of Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's actually been, um, a really interesting thing just to see in real, in, in real life is, um, I'll talk to a parent about the child's diet. Again, like I said, it's one of the first things we discuss. Um, and the Cheetos, uh, the hot talkies, yep. you know, anything like that. Um, it's chock full of red dye for it. And I was like, well, you need to start watching out for this kind of stuff. Um, and as the kid gets older, I've seen it in my 14, 15 year olds. They will notice their behavior worsens if they have something with red dye 40 in it. Um, so it is definitely something that, uh, parents need to be aware of. And it's, it's just like uh, food coloring, isn't it? Like it, there's no, it's just yeah, something it's all, that they added. Mm-hmm. It's just an additive to, for coloring. Really? This yeah. is gonna, this is another one way out there then. Why didn't, and Andy, you're gonna laugh at me on this, but this is a legit question here. How much are we speeding up kids with all the hormones we get? I mean, girls are getting boobs at eight years old now, nine years old. That, that, that didn't happen very often. I mean, a long time ago, that was very, very rare. You see girls wearing bras now, eight, nine years old. That's, mm-hmm. that, that can't be good for the kids. We're looking at a lot of um, why is the uh, age of puberty uh, increasing, especially in, in uh, girls. And they're, we're looking at, you know, is it uh, hormones that we're using in foods to produce um, you know, mass produced beef and, and that, that kind of stuff. It probably is. Um, 
I'm a big proponent of trying to be as healthy as, as possible. And your diet is a huge part of mental health and that kind of stuff. So the more uh, you can eat uh, natural, the better you're going to be. Um, we're, we're pumping kids full of dairy all day long, and that's not good either. You know, um, I always tell parents, uh, cow's milk's for baby cows, not baby humans. Right. Um, so, you know, um, now you got to take your population into consideration who are you actually treating cow's milk is a healthy source of fat for brain development uh and it's cheap so um you know that's one of the main reasons why we transition kids uh when they turn a year old you know off of formula onto um onto whole milk and that kind of thing but it causes a lot of complications i've never admitted a child now i know there's going to be somebody on here that's going to um not agree with this but i've never admitted a child to the hospital because uh, they didn't get enough milk. I've admitted plenty of children to the hospital because they drank too much milk. It causes micro bleeds in the stomach. You can be a, you become anemic from it to a point I've had to do uh, admit kids for blood transfusions because it was just too much milk. They were, that's all their diet consisted of. Um, so there's extremes to all of it, but uh, it definitely has something to do with um, our diets and what's in our food. I'm a case study on that. I haven't drank a glass of milk since I was 12. What, uh, what's a healthy alternative to milk? So, um, like I said, you're, um, looking at, uh, you need those healthy fats when you're, uh, especially with the young developing brain. Um, so avocados, even just a peanut butter and, um, chicken breast, um, those kind of things are high in fats, but you're going to get calcium. That's what everyone's going to argue where, where you're getting calcium. You, uh, you wouldn't believe how much uh, dairy is just in anything. Just like the, you were saying, Andy, with a red dye 40, if you actually look in the back of what's in most of our foods, um, there's dairy somewhere in there. So your yogurt, uh, your cheeses, you're getting that. Um, so you're, you'll do just fine as long as you have a healthy, varied diet. But that's okay. That's sometimes on lot. the record then. I don't drink milk at all. Can't stand it. I haven't, unless I have a bowl of cereal, I like cereal, but I hadn't had cereal in a couple of years probably, but I like cheese. I love freaking cheese. I don't eat much ice cream. I don't eat yogurt at all, but it's cheese. So is cheese unhealthy? Well, I mean, it, uh, to a certain extent, um, yes, it, it, and it's okay to have, but, um, a lot of these kids, uh, they come into me, their stomach's hurting, and they're, I might get a belly x-ray, and they're just back full of <laughs> shit because all they're eating is mac and cheese, you know, and you can see the stool all the way down around their colon, um, and uh, and they go, their behavior's off. They're, they're, uh, you know, and they're in pain, uh, and it's serious pain. Now, there's kids that go down to the emergency department because their parents think their appendix ruptured, but they're just full <laughs> of shit. Uh and so, you know, we have to admit them uh, for and put an NG tube down them and pump them full of uh, uh, laxative to flush all that out. Um, but a constipation, we could talk for a whole another hour on that and the scourge of society that's caused. But, um, yeah, so cheese to an extent is fine, but um, it's very constipating and, and, and it's very um, if our diets are so high in it that it's, it causes a lot I laugh of problems. Because I've been to that emergency room. <laughs> I went to the, uh, well, I, didn't <laughs> go to, I didn't go to the emergency room, but I went to my, uh, we've had my son's physician because he was peeing all the time. Peeing, 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 yeah. peeing, peeing. But he just, he was too lazy and he wanted to keep up with big brother. 
that he wouldn't take in time out to go to the bathroom. And he was speed he got, shitting. He got yeah, he would he'd pop out a little rat <laughs> nugget and that was good enough for him and he'd go on and play. But um yeah, took an X-ray and he just backed up with shit and it's like, listen, kid. But he's too, like, how are you gonna have that conversation with a two year old? Like, no, 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 you gotta sit there and be bored and poop. You're like right. No matter what chaos yeah. is going on, no matter what fun stuff you're doing, you got to put it down. You got to go to the bathroom. Payne was four years old, and we was at the Wichita Falls ER. Same thing. And Don Peters come in. She goes, "Listen, he's full of shit." She goes, "Here, let me show you the, this X-ray." She goes, "See this little area right here?" She goes, "Yeah, that's where there's no shit. See the rest of that? That's all shit." She goes, "What does he eat?" I said, "Probably the same shit all kids do." But he was a speed shitter. He wanted to keep up with you and Zach all the time, yep. and so it was the same type deal. Um, you brought up something a minute ago, and Andy wrote something down, and I did too. Peanuts, <laughs> peanut butter, yeah, peanut butter, peanut. How come when I was a kid growing up, nobody was fucking allergic to peanuts, and now all these people today can't fucking eat a peanut? Yeah. Well, um, did you know any like uh, asthmatics? Did you know a bunch of kids with uh, um, I, eczema? Did you know a bunch of kids? Fuck that, that no! Kind of I life? grew up with the fucking kids. We were poor. We were a fucking <laughs> yeah. white trash neighborhood is what yeah. I say we grew up in. Right. And we yeah. we ate home-cooked meals. We didn't have fucking tons of snacks. If the bone wasn't showing, they weren't worried yeah. about that kid. Yeah, put some fucking monkey blood yeah. on it and uh-huh. go down the road. So, no, I don't know that anybody had that. <laughs> but I don't remember any right. fucking kid being allergic to peanuts. Matter of fact, I, yeah. th- this is a fact. In 1979, we had a tornado wipe out our elementary, took the roof off of it, and it did about eight elementaries in Wichita Falls. Well, we had to go to school they fixed it, but we had to finish school up there, and then another elementary had to go in the afternoon. So our school was out. It wiped out the cafeteria. You know what we had for dinner back then? We either had bologna and cheese sandwiches, or we had peanut butter and syrup sandwiches. So that's how that's how many kids were fucking allergic to peanuts in 1979. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's, of course, it's one of those things we don't really understand. Um, these these um, ex- extreme allergens uh, that well. Um, there's been a lot of uh, debate whether um, early introduction of peanuts and um, uh, is a good thing or these high allergen foods, early introduction versus later. Um, it also, there's a lot going on. You don't see this kind of stuff in third world countries, right? You don't right. see it um, probably because uh, of the uh, part of the immune system that is actually causing this well, anaphylaxis or, or allergies. Um, cause we don't use, uh, really our, um, what we call eosinophils. Um, those are type of white blood cells that fight like parasites. Well, I mean, when's the last time you'd known somebody that had intestinal worms, that kind of thing. Um, and so it's probably a derangement of that. Um, it's looking for something to do and it finds, a protein in a peanut or shellfish or that kind of thing um, and recognizes it foreign and wants to try and fight it. Well, it's messed up everything. Um, and now you, that that's where you're getting allergens from. It's from an immune system. That's not um, able to do its job and it's looking for something to do. That's probably what's going on. Um, and so the cleaner we are, <laughs> the more you're going to see these allergens. And that's why you're seeing more, asthma and these other eczema peanut allergies that kind and of as thing for eczema i have um, no it's a skin yeah no i know what it is but i don't think that anybody we'd have made fun of them if they did so but no, that I is so. that is fascinating <laughs> that there are virtually no peanut allergies in third world countries right but it's a yeah. it's just another one of those things that as we progress like 
because I'm sure that peanut butter and peanuts are fairly common in a lot of in a lot of diets over there. So the mothers are taking it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but again, too, in the third world country, they're they're fighting Everything. off uh, all these extra parasites, right? So their immune system's rocking, uh, and ours, thankfully, looks, you know, looks we for don't shit have to, to take go after. Warmer. Yeah, you're right. So it's looking for something to do, and that's when you get these derangements, and that's probably a big component Talk of about it. COVID. COVID should have wiped out Mexico. It should have wiped out third world countries <laughs> yeah. for sure. Every one of them should be fucking no, no population at all, but it didn't. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. less people died in Haiti from COVID than they did in the United States. Well, a lot of that has to do, like, if you got put on a ventilator, like, you were pretty well Fucked. done for. What do you, um, what do you think, think about COVID mm-hmm. vaccine for kids? Um, so of course this is something that I get asked regularly. Uh, and I know a lot of, um, um, physicians who, um, were big to get even their own children vaccinated right off the bat. Number one, um, I always tell my patients and my parents, I will never do anything for your kid that I wouldn't do for my own. I treat them all like they're my kid. Um, so if I wouldn't do it for my kid, I'm not going to do it for yours. My daughter um, has not received the COVID vaccine. She will not receive the COVID vaccine because uh, COVID not, is not going to kill your kid. Um, and I don't have the research and the ability to say, yes, this is a very safe vaccine for you. We don't know what the complications are going to be of this vaccine five, 10 years down the road. So it's a risk benefit right. kind of thing. Is a child at risk to die of COVID? No. Um, so um, now are you? is that child 12 years old? and he's living with a high-risk grandparent, um, and there's multiple people in the household with high risk to, to die from COVID, then we'll have that conversation about the risk benefits of the vaccine. But for children, at this point, I'm not, um, um, well, I would not push it. Like I would recommend the flu vaccine and, the, uh, and what people would consider the regular vaccines. I saw that there was a, uh, a WHO meeting or one of these doctor deals, 181 people attended. 100% COVID uh, vaccines and like 78% of them all got COVID. Well, uh, well here, here's the deal. Well, so we, we've done a piss poor job of explaining vaccines to people we've, uh, and why we vaccinate uh, and the point of a vaccine. Now COVID's a respiratory virus and just like the flu, it, it is so easily transmittable that the point of the vaccine is not to keep you from getting it. It's to keep you from dying. Um, and so that's another reason why I'm not uh, pushing this for for children. But more but, people are dying that have the vaccine than are for not having the vaccine. Well, that's because nat- they figured right. out natural immunities are way better than what you would get from the COVID vaccine, right? Well, of course, yeah. 100% it's going to be better. And I didn't agree um, with um, the way we handled all this in, uh, from the get-go. Um, I was a big proponent of uh, or just... I talked out a lot against this uh, as much as um, a lowly physician in Shepherdsville, Kentucky can. Uh, you know, I was uh, on the board uh, for our public schools um, pushing for, um, you know, I was on the, the health care board pushing for getting kids back into school uh, and, and getting these, these mask mandates. Whenever the government starts mandating something, you know it's not good. Right. Uh, and it's not the right way to do it. Um, I was a big proponent of, of common sense and what we've always done and what we've always known to be true. Um, but a lot of people just uh, gone, 
And then now that you're seeing a lot of this, the negative effects of what we did, uh, nobody walks back. Well, we should have uh, probably shouldn't have done it this way. We messed up. Um, it's unfortunate. People could make these outlandish claims and, and call out people and force people to do things. And then, oh, it turns out that probably wasn't the right way to do it. But I'm not going to say anything. You know, I'm not going to apologize. Um, so we, we did a lot more damage than COVID as the virus actually did. Yeah, our response to COVID was terrible. Like we did. Well, I mean, and like just basic common sense is, you know, Wyman, we've had Wyman Menzer on a lot. And, you know, when he was a kid, he talks about they were just exposed to so many germs. Like, it's just you're playing in the mud, you're doing this, you know, you, you're out all day, you're not washing your hands. And you're in the sun. And you're in the sun, and you're getting, you know, all the benefits from that. And we did the exact opposite with COVID. It's let's lock them yep. up, put masks on them, which, like Jeff said, if you can smell a fart, like, it's not really, that mask ain't doing a whole <laughs> hell of a lot. Keep them inside, lock them up, keep them away from the sun, keep them away from everybody, don't expose them to any germs, and... That was our answer. I'm going I'm to be right. fair here to the government on this, and I do not do no, this very No, you're going to be often. fair to Trump. No, no, not, not Trump. The government in general. You're going to be fair to Trump. Well, I'm going to be fair to Trump, too. Because this, this is what's going to keep him out of the office. No, because that dumbass on the other side can't. What's going to keep him out of the office is cheating and court deals because they're scared to death of him Go exposing ahead. the bullshit that our government is. Go ahead. Fuck the government go and ahead. fuck you, too. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. <laughs> when, when it first came out, People, nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what it was. And we were scared. We were. I, I, I saw some memories of mine on Facebook uh, earlier this year when it was like, and I'm like, fucking people, just stay home. How hard is it to stay home for two weeks and it'll all be over with? Because that's what we were all told. And the government was told that. And, I was good with two weeks. Yeah. And, and Not for two years. No, no. I agree with you on that. But once we found out, once a lot of us got COVID and we thought, fuck, I had COVID. I survived. It's not that big a deal. And then the second time you got it, it wasn't as what bad. They're still pushing this mass shit on some places. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just it blows my mind. But in all fairness, our government did try to get in front of it. Then you found out some of the people like Fauci that were making the fucking rules were involved in it from the, the get-go. That's the shit that really pisses me off. That's my that's my 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 deal for Trump right there is the people that he had that thought he had his back had their own self interest involved. Now he should mm -hmm. come out and say we should never have done the vaccine shit. He's tripling down on it. I know that's, that's going to screw him. Well, I don't know who else is going to run. It's any good. It don't matter. Anybody in the fucking government's a crooked fucker. Look at the group people but, of Kentucky. Look who they've got fucking up there. Mitch fucking McConnell, that but, turtle headed bastard. But how do you, as a physician that wants to you know, stay employed and not be labeled as like a quack or anything, how do you toe the line of no? Like, there's some things here that we need to question, and not just taking everything that they're spoon spoon feeding you. Well, you probably should stay off the big honker podcast, ah. but uh, yeah, that would be a good move for you. <laughs> That'd be the first. One. We catch a lot of shit yeah. ourselves over that. Yeah. Now, um, well, because um, because the, this, the numbers are coming out, the studies are coming out, and you can't um, you can't deny what we're seeing right now, um, and um, you can't. Uh, when I just use basic common sense and how we always practice medicine prior to COVID. Uh, what and we completely changed uh, the way we practice medicine. All of a sudden, it was it was the most bizarre switch. And I'm sitting out here still practicing the way I was trained uh, to practice. And all of a sudden, we lost our minds 
uh, because we wanted to toe the line. We wanted to do what the government told us to do and what uh, we were seeing on social media because we were scared to get canceled or whatever that kind of thing was. But um, people know that I'm out there for their best interest, um, and that's all I want for them. Um, so, uh, and that's all I'm going to do. So I'm not. I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. You know what? We need more doctors like you. I'm going to put you because the whole reason that I even went that the whole reason I made the clip about medication and ADD was because I had several people message me that said that they were going through that with their young kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was that was the whole genesis of why I even made that clip was I got there were a lot of people that were like, I've got a seven year old kid. I think he's just a normal young child, but the teachers and the doctors are pushing these drugs on him. No, and I, I, I'm again. So, I would so never, my hat is off to you to, for doing it the way that you're doing this. Yeah, I'm not going to push these medicines on. There's definitely a lot of things you could be doing, and as parents, I would, uh, I really try to um, encourage them and, and empower them to uh, be there at that school every day, talking with these teachers, and you can develop IEPs, 504s, like I was talking about. And if your physician is like, yeah, you need, you have to do this then that's a red flag right there. You should feel comfortable talking with your doctor. Um, I, you wouldn't believe how many phone calls and texts I get from friends are like, uh, Hey, I just had a few questions about my kid. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not their physician. <laughs> you know, they had a question. He's like, why don't you talk to them? I always say that just to be a smart ass in the right. beginning. Uh, like, <laughs> like I'm not doing something else right now. I want to talk to yeah, you, know, yeah. have a free, uh, free clinic today. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're all, I was like, why? And they're like, well, they don't really, we can't, we feel like we can't talk with them and that's bullshit. You shouldn't feel that way, uh, with your doctor. Um, and of course you know, you've, you've got some people that, and that, uh, don't have very good personal skills. Um, but you should always ask what the risk and benefit of these medications are. And, um, and my parents, I, I for the most part, I feel like feel pretty confident that if, um, this medicine's not working, I'm there to support them and, and try something different, but we're always looking at different avenues to make sure that kid can be as best he can be. You you come across as a very caring doctor. That's the best interest of your patient. My doctor's that way, and I text him over shit all the time. And we've been. But he is your doctor. But he is my he, he is my doctor. You know, not just but, your buddy. But no, he he is my friend. But he's also my doctor. Right. But I also have texted him and taken. I've sent him fucking screenshots of of, of Zach's throat one time. Cause that thought got strep when we were in Oklahoma hunting. He goes, send me a picture of his throat. And I took a picture of his throat. And he's like, yeah, he's got strep. He goes, you know, and he's like, Hey, I'll call in a, a, a prescription for you right there. I mean, doctors like that are hard to find these days. And, and same with pharmacists. We have a farm. We had a pharmacist here, a small town. Michelle was pregnant with pain. Um, and, Two o'clock in the morning, she was throwing up and couldn't throw up. I called him at his house at two in the morning, and he went to his pharmacy and got some vinegarin for me when she was seven months pregnant. And I never and I never forgot that. But you can't, you don't find that kind mm-hmm. of medical care anymore. And it's hard unless you're good friends with a doctor. It's hard to get a doctor to that you are comfortable with for some reason. And it shouldn't be that way. Well, you're you're mm-hmm. easy to talk to, and you seem very interested. Like I can, you know, there's a lot of doctors that just walk in and they've automatically got all the answers drop your drawers and bend over where you're is like well let's just let's figure this out together rather than no this is this is what it is shut and dry see you again in six months call me if it call me if you well, get a break. yeah 
And unfortunately, you're in um, our medical training and, and what you're seeing with a lot of what we just call mid-levels or um, it's like anything else. It's getting watered down. It's not as tough uh, in residency as it used to be because, uh, you know, you've got this 80 hour work week uh, maximum uh, and stuff when um, when my grandfather and father you know i'm a third generation physician they went through it um you know it didn't it was 120 hours a week was that's the way it was you know and um so we're we're lost in the training we've lost it and we've lost in the empathy too because um everybody's scared to get canceled or everyone's scared to get sued and um so there's a lot of that going on um and it's a lot of people want uh something to be wrong there's a lot of people that would just want something to be wrong uh and they're going to the doctor constantly and we saw that we see it with COVID. uh how many times do you just treat your your kids uh snotty nose or, or little cold for um three days and they were fine um as soon as that kid um farts sideways they're in my office and i you know i have to talk you know they're okay their kids are gonna right. get sick um but an uh an unint- i guess an unintended consequence of uh, of COVID and all these lockdowns is I have kids that are in there constantly with running fevers every couple of weeks um, with just viral things. Cause they never were exposed for two years where it should have been a slow progression. It wasn't. And now the parents think their immune system screwed up. No, we just screwed them up. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah like um, if you lock a kid down at 18 months and keep him locked away for two years, you're missing two years, <laughs> two of the most important years for that kid's immune system. Yeah. And then yeah, they get so, to pre-K and uh, they're like, well, my kid's sick all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and development too. Um, so many kids have a speech delay right now. Yep. Um, and of course, you know, uh, like we talked about for a while, just mental health, the anxiety, they don't know what to do, what to expect. Kids thrive, uh, again, on routine. Their routine was screwed up. Uh, and their social life was screwed up. I mean, it was, it's fun to go to school and see your buddies, right? It's fun to do your sports, act, but we ruined it for them. We've ruined so many kids, uh, formative years that, uh, uh, I feel bad for them. Do you think that we can have, like, what, what's the future look like? Because there are, there is such a large majority of kids that are early on in their, in their school years. Like, do you think that they can, do you, not do you think that they can, do you think that we as parents and school systems and just health, health and mental awareness, do you think we will do the right things and find the right answers to catch these kids up to where they can be productive members of society in 10 years? I think, um, it, well, I think we need to push for, um, like kids that are coming out of a supportive household with uh, a mother and a father who are uh, in their lives and invested in their lives. Yeah, those kids are going to be fine. They're going to turn around and, and, and be just fine. Um, and I think uh, hopefully um, we've learned from our mistakes. We won't do this again, um, you know, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see uh, if when the next big thing rolls around um and what's our response and hopefully we've we've learned from some of these mistakes that we made with covid um not just from uh, a health standpoint from just a societal standpoint um but i think that um there are plenty of people out there that care and uh and we can these kids will, they're, they're resilient kids are resilient um and that's one of the reasons i went into pediatrics is uh, these kids didn't do this kind of stuff to right. themselves and if you help them, they're going to get there and they'll Speaking be okay. Speaking of kids doing things to themselves, 
I'm going to talk about another weird thing. Transgender. How many mm-hmm. actual kids have you seen that you think actually were misgendered when they were born? Well, so you're, how many kids in my practice would identify as their different biologic yes. gender? Yes. Zero. Yep, that's what I thought. That's the answer I figured you was going to give me. I just wanted to ask. So and that's an, that's another mm-hmm. one of those hot button issues that you're going to have to dance around being in your p- profession. But yeah. why should he have to dance right. around him? He had to be able to speak. He's no, a fucking I, doctor. I agree. But th- it's going to come a time where you're going to have you yeah. you're going to get put in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. So, like I was saying, um, I and I start telling my patients, you know, when they're uh, nine, ten years old, when they're coming to me. Uh, for their well child checks. Unfortunately, a lot of times, because parents uh, need to do a better job, uh, but these kids start falling off. I don't see them again after the 11 year old well child check because that's when they get, you know, the Tdap booster and meningococcal vaccines. I don't see them for uh, maybe 16 sometimes. Um, and I always reiterate how important it is to keep a physician. You just got to go in there one time a year for an annual visit. And two, they can always come and talk to me. They can't, there's nothing they can say to me that I haven't heard before or seen before. Uh, so they should feel comfortable. Your kids should feel comfortable with their pediatrician talking. They're always allowed to come and talk to me. Uh, and I always ask the parent if they're comfortable uh, maybe stepping out of the room so this kid can ask me a question. Um, so first and foremost, if a child feels or having these kind of emotions or just has questions, they can always talk to me about it and, and ask me, I'm not going to run back out the room and tell the parents, I'm not going to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time you'd ever need to do that is in case the child was you know, self-harming, that kind of thing, or uh, suicide. Um, but, uh, um, we, we hardly ever, we have, we, we hand out, uh, we start, they started wanting to hand out, uh, pamphlets to kids and that kind of thing. And, I don't agree with that. Uh, you know, do you feel like you're a, a girl and you're a boy uh, biologically? Um, a lot of this, this huge uptick um, has been more of a, a social thing. Is it, It's cool to say that, uh, you know, you feel a different way. It's um, you get included. You're in a clique now. Right. Um, you've got right. this thing. Um Children that are truly that way, it's very, very small, and they need uh, a lot of um, mental health uh, interventions and support. Um, and so they they need to be following somebody who understands this. It's not just here's your here, uh, and I don't agree at all with any kind of hormone replacement. Um, now uh, there's plenty just in my hospital, my main hospital down here, there are physicians that do that. And I don't agree with it. I've lost all faith in bullies. Well, because when I was a kid growing up, we'd have made fun of that fucker. Well, no, now hold on. Did you have girls that cut when you were in high school? Cut. Cut. Or themselves? Cutting. Oh yeah, they were crazy. We need fucking mental hospitals. But that's what I think that, and there is a little bit that could be said that's all that this is, is it's a bunch of outsiders that are making themselves different. I don't, and you have to, for, just like, you know, I had, I had a couple of kids when I went to high school that would cut themselves, but they hung out together, right? Like that was their group. Mm. Bitches be crazy. Like we, we, oh, we cut ourselves. It's like, well, you're, you know, you're telling me that you're cutting yourself. You're not really fucking, you know, you're not being very discreet mm-hmm. about it, right? Cause like, you know, if yeah. you get to the root of it, you cut yourself because you don't want any, 
you don't want anybody else to know that you're doing it. But when you're coming to school telling me you're doing this, you're just doing it for attention. See, I, and that's all that this yeah. transgender thing is, in my mind, is just this is their way to get the spotlight on them because they never had it before. And the kids are too damn ex- accepting today of shit. Well, they have to be. Like, like weird shit. They should, you're a weird fucker. Stay away from me, you know? Dude, you're a, you've got a <laughs> dick. You're not a girl, you know? You know, that, that's, that's, you're going to have to get some tits sewn on and get that thing chopped off to be a woman. You're not a woman, but nobody wants to say nothing because they're all scared. To, and I've lost, I've lost a lot of faith in our school bullies that we used to have because they at least kept things normal, you know? And, and, and we've, we've gotten well, way, I mean, it's just way too accepted the transgender, the gay stuff. I don't have a problem with, if you want to sleep, if you, if you're a dude and you want to sleep with another dude, knock yourself out. That gives an extra girl for another guy. I mean, I really don't, I don't care. You know, there's been people confused for a long time, yeah. but I do have a real issue with transgenders. I think it's, I think it's the devil. I really do. It's a horrible deal, and yeah. we just keep accepting it. The media and everybody, and I, something's wrong. Yeah, unfortunately, it is a uh, is definitely a mental oh, health issue crazy. Uh, that we're that we're not uh, addressing appropriately at times, and um, like uh, there there are um, ways that. Uh, people without any kind of mental health interventions, without any kind of uh, physician, interv- an MD is not even handing these medicines out. They go to Planned Parenthood, and uh, you guys are paying for uh, their hormones, and the, the doctor's not even watching these people, and they're just taking it uh, because they're in a clique that it's cool to do, unfortunately. And these uh, now the the very small percentage of people that actually um have uh or feel this way or or, you know that um are actually what you can consider transgender um it's it's unhealthy it's unfortunate for them that all these people are doing this now uh because they're not getting the actual help that they need my my wife always jokes and she was a tomboy when she was in when she was 10 11 12 she was a very good athlete and she had uh, cousins that were boys and like she enjoyed, she still does. She enjoys uh, ATV riding and she's still very athletic and very involved. She was a tomboy when she was. She came to the house when she was 12 and she played catch in the front yard with Zach or somebody with a fucking right. hardball and, and a glove. Mean, she's fucking. And she looked like Tatum O'Neill or whatever it is in Little Bad News Bears. But the gal could throw a fucking baseball. But she's a tom and she's a very, very good boy mom because she. Like if you look at her, I'm sure if you like did test tested her personality, she's probably got a lot of masculine traits. But thank God she doesn't look like one. No, 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 she doesn't look like one at all. But these are the type of people that go through this little phase of their life where they're like, well, you know, I just I get along with boys really, really well. Maybe I should be a boy. And there's nobody to tell right. them no. Yeah. It's just a phase. Jesse would not yeah. have made a good lesbian. She has too too good. You know, or like the. the you know, a little boy that might want to play with what would be considered girl toys. Who cares? Let them do it. Uh, that doesn't make them a girl. If you, you know, if you put makeup on a couple times, it doesn't make them a girl. It doesn't, you know, that um, we've, we've in society just sort of screwed this all up for yeah, sure. You can't even have a good time, you know, making fun of drag queens no more. Cause I can remember, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got two cousins. I was really close with growing up. The male cousin was away and I still had to play with the female cousin. Well, I was at her house and we played with fucking Barbies. I was five years old. Sure. But like, I, I remember right. that afternoon. I had a good time playing with Barbies at five years old. I didn't go home yeah. telling my mom like, oh, you know, I, th- I think a I'm girl. a girl now. But kids today, like yeah. they do that one time and they're like, well, 
We got to go see somebody. Do you remember when you were in sixth grade and you were dressed to junior high? Yeah, but that was for Halloween. Could you imagine if you did that now? Oh, right. I'd have all the teachers pulling me aside. Like, do we need to talk? Do we need to, well, we need to get you on these hormones? Small town here, we wouldn't do that. Do you need, some more, town, do you need more estrogen in your diet? Well, you know, um, it's it's like you were saying, Jeff. I I don't care what you want to do. I don't. You can do whatever you want in your personal home and your time. As soon as you start hurting somebody else, that's when I start having a yes. problem with it. So if you um, if you want to uh, can physically alter a child uh, or expose them to these these weird uh, a drag show and that kind of stuff, they a lot of people want to argue it's it's art. Well. Um, y'all are doing this as more of a sexual thing. And so it's more, you're, you're on a line of pedophilia and it's dangerous. Um, and people are, Oh, that's bullshit. That's not true. Yes, it is. And these kids are the ones that are, are getting abused. Um, and, uh, so, um, you need to be careful. You need to be careful our wokeness sure. is the ruin of our country. Oh, and yeah. it's not our wokeness because I'm not woke and you guys aren't woke. Mm -hmm. But it's everyone around us that's woke that's afraid to offend anybody is really taking us down really, really, really fast. Could you imagine being the Chinese government and the shit we're fucking doing as a country? You know, you look at the the health human secretary, whatever that freaking cross-dressing fat fag looks like. <laughs> hey, nobody looks at him and think, ooh, he scares us. He's part of the military now or whatever it is. I mean, the whole thing, the the, the Navy the other day with their rainbow flag stuff trying to pull people in and stuff. Right. That's that's Alpha males is what what made our country what it is and you know and now yeah. we're letting the people that got their ass beat at dodgeball run everything and it's showing so i want to go back a little bit vaccines do you think that we over vaccinate kids do you think that there's any that you're like uh, like that's i don't feel like that's necessary or do you or, or how do you feel about that yeah, that's a great question. And of course, that's one I have to deal with uh, right. and have a conversation with regularly. Um, my daughter, she's fully vaccinated and um, what we consider fully vaccinated. Um, and um, what we're uh, this is like one of the things I feel like we've gotten right. As when you say fully vaccinated, you're talking about everything except for the covid. OK, I just want to make sure because someone didn't uh, hear that earlier. Maybe I've caught missed that. Yeah. Go ahead. Or yeah. Um, so um, these vaccines, I give um, the most spaced out vaccine schedule that is constantly being looked at by at least three different entities um, when it comes to uh, regulations on these kind of things. Um, so that's number one. Parents are like, can you, am I going to overwhelm their immune system? And no, as soon as that kid walked through my, my door to my office, their body had already made so many antibodies to a million different things. You're not going to over uh, stimulate these. Now, of course, there's always children with immune deficiencies and stuff and that's but i'm just talking in generalities with a uh, regular otherwise healthy child um so um when it comes to these these are constantly being looked at these have been out for decades uh and something that's constantly being looked at and constantly being changed and made sure that they're the best and safest uh that they can be it's not like oh we did research on it 20 years ago looks good let's keep doing it we're constantly changing it and making sure that it's as safe and effective as as possible. So when it comes to, well, of course, uh, nobody's seen rubella, um, but um, they do in Russia. They have it over there, and it 
can really uh, is detrimental. These what we're vaccinating these kids against killed kids and and easily. You know, that's uh, that's why I vaccinate. That's why I give it. We've got a chicken pox outbreak uh, recently uh, you know, you've always every once in a while measles or mumps pops up um, because people like, well, it's not a big deal anymore. Well, they're still out there. So um, you're not only protecting yourself, you're protecting other people. And so when is it are we over vaccinating? No, we've done a really good job at it and done um, an, an awesome job at continuing to do that. It's these people that um, say that these vaccines are causing autism. I mean, like the one study that ever came out that tried to say it proved it, um, it that guy actually uh, is being charged with fraud uh, and, uh, you know, really caused a lot of harm to people. Um, so these these vaccines are very safe, very effective. And when I say effective at keeping uh, children alive, um, I've seen, unfortunately, the children that weren't vaccinated die from whatever, you know, strep pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, meningitis, um, a baby, you know, uh, in the ICU, uh, when, if he was vaccinated, wouldn't have an issue, what, you know, what um, they come up with a chicken, po- did chicken pox kill anybody? Cause I had chicken pox when I was a kid, or is this just a convenience? So, thing? so number one, it was, of course, is one of those things that loss of productivity. Um, now, uh, if you, uh, you know, because parents were staying, having to stay home with these children because they had chicken box and it lasted for a long time and the whole household would get it. It was very easily right. passed. Um, so, that yeah, that's one of the issues, one of the things. But, yeah, uh, varicella encephalitis is definitely a dangerous thing. And the older you get um, and if you hadn't been exposed or vaccinated, it can kill you uh, for now, sure. It, also, um, the shingles are from chicken pox, aren't they? And older people. Right. So these, yeah, so these viruses actually still... Uh, live uh, in you. You never actually get rid of it. Um, and so um, it can be a little outbreak. So if grandma gets, um, you know, shingles a rash, she can actually pass that to uh, an unvaccinated kid or, or something like that. Um, and yes, the majority of these kids, um, they probably do fine, but I can't say 100% certainty, you know, 99% certainty you're going to do fine. Uh, but I can promise you that with these vaccines, you're going to do great and uh, it's going to protect you and children that might not have uh, been able to get vaccinated for one reason or other, or maybe their immune system works a little bit differently and they haven't uh, taken to the vaccine, if that makes sense. You, so I thought there was a local kid that got chicken pox for a second time. I didn't think that was possible. I didn't. I don't know. Well, it would it you kind of you hear these kind of stories and it would just kind of depend. Um, it's not common, but um, was he misdiagnosed the first time, or you know what, or did his immune system not fully uh, make antibodies to it? I, I, I don't know. I just somebody local because somebody was telling me I thought they already had it once. I had it when I was little. I never had it again. I had it pretty bad, I guess. I, I had it, but I remember like. The whole town got it like at the same time. Like kids were right. like, "Oh, so and so's got the chicken pox," and they actually brought people over so that we would just get it and get it over with. I didn't even know mm-hmm. there was a chicken pox right. vaccine until I had kids. Like I thought it was still something that all the kids just had to get and move on with their life. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's chicken pox is for the most part is not life threatening, uh, but, um, it can kill you just like anything else. And the vaccine's so safe, uh, and so effective. Um, and the boosters, uh, so you're not injecting kids multiple times, you know, the measles, mumps, rubella, varicella is all in one. 
Um, and uh, so it makes it, uh, you know, easy um, and that kind Look, of stuff. I've had shingles a couple of times. And I, I hadn't had it really bad, but I know some people's had shingles, and that's a lot worse than fucking chicken pox is to a lot of people. Sure, it burns. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had it a couple of, I've had it probably three or four different times, and it was not, it's not that big a deal for me, and I'm pretty fortunate on that. Um, shingles, shingles. Yeah, farting razor blades. Um, um, so the the guy that tried to connect autism to vaccines, he's he's facing jail time for fraud. Was it fraud in this study? I think so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this was completely fabricated. Everything he uh, everything he came up with um, was completely false. Uh, he altered all of uh, their findings, um, and then you had people like Jenny McCarthy who picks up on this and now is running around telling these people, and I got to deal with the, you know, the repercussions of that. And you're putting children at risk. Uh, and, and from these things that, uh, um, we're protecting them against with, uh, safe and effective vaccines. Um, and, uh, you know, parents, I, and I have to have that conversation and we should have that conversation. But when you tell me, um, Jenny McCarthy said, <laughs> or this guy came up with this, uh, or I had a parent and and this is the other thing I tell my parents, if you ever read something and you want me to take a look at it, by all means, bring it in. I'll look at it and we'll make sure that, uh, you know, there's not something that I missed. Um, and uh, they brought me in the website. Uh, we, we pulled it up. And in the corner, it had a link to another website about how the earth is flat. So you got to be careful, careful cite, cite your where sources. you're getting your information. What, right. you why, why is this sudden increase in autism then? Because right here, this is according to NBC News, so trust it or not, autism rates have tripled in ch among children since uh, 2000. And Fauci is on his payroll, so. So that could be like a flat, <laughs> I could click on another one, it could be flat earth. Yeah. But according to this news article, it's tripled since 2000. Yeah. So, when, uh, and of course, parents ask me that question all the time. Uh, and I do have a lot of uh, children who have, uh, to varying degrees, uh, been diagnosed with uh, as autistic. Uh, I think uh, one of the biggest things is um, our ability to understand autism and what it really is. So, I mean, for all you all know, I'm autistic. I could walk out here and, and not have uh, those social abilities and those kind of nuances. Or you have a child that is very, very autistic and can't function at all. So it's more of a varying degree in our understanding of it and why we're seeing more of it uh, or what, what we're seeing, we're saying we're seeing more of it. Um, but uh, to, we don't, we don't know what causes autism. You can't pull out a biomarker in someone's brain and say, yep, or, you know, there's not a genetic test for it because uh, it's never been linked to uh, one gene. Um, so, uh, I think more of it is that we're understanding what autism. Uh, an autistic kid was just a weird kid in the back of the right. class 30 years ago. Um, Walked with you his know, head down in the hallway and never made eye contact. Right, right. Um, so they get in. My whole well, parents are well. Um, you know, they might be uh, showing some signs, and you know, we have screening tools to catch it early because early intervention is a better outcome, uh, just developmentally. Um, so you're probably getting a diagnosis early. Um, and some of these kids would have never been diagnosed with autism, um, in the 20, 30 years ago. Um, and, uh, there, I have some kids that, um, yeah, they're probably, they're probably autistic, but they're otherwise doing great. So we, I, I don't label them as that. But when you're giving someone a, a diagnosis of autism, uh, it should go through a developmental pediatrician. Uh, it shouldn't be something that's just diagnosed by 
uh, a nurse practitioner uh, right off the bat. Uh, it should be something that's seriously looked at. But the whole point of getting a diagnosis is for interventions and to be able to insurance to pay for that and make sure you're getting uh, help in school and that kind of stuff to make sure that they're as best as they can be. Is there any medication for autism or is it purely just uh, intervention behaviorally? Well, it's, it's behavioral interventions. And um, they, there are people out there that um, will claim that they have um, – here's what you need to do and here's uh, the medicines for it. But that's, that's not, unfortunately not true. And they're just making money off uh, of people who, you know, it's, it's hard with a child who's truly what you would most people think of as autistic. It's hard um, as a parent. And so they're going to look for everything possible and it's easy to get uh, kind of roped into uh, what I would consider snake oil um, because there's no research behind it. And of course we're constantly looking at this and, and trying to find the best things, but, um, these kids thrive off a uh, healthy diet and routine and uh, gut health is very important with these children. Constipation, you would not believe uh, if you get these kids <laughs> on a regular pooping schedule, uh, how how much of an improvement their sleep and just their overall interactions are. A couple of podcasts ago, I said that one of the biggest problems is that most people, if you, I think there are studies done, most people don't get enough vitamin D from the sun. They don't drink right. enough water. They don't exercise enough. They're living in an oxygen depleted state of being. And I, yeah. speaking in generalities again, I said a lot of the issues that we see across the board, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, a lot of these things would almost completely go away if people would get more sunshine, drink more water, move their ass more. What what mm -hmm. what does oh, yeah. my uh, new doctor friend in Kentucky say? That's one of the first things I tell everybody that walks through my door uh, is how much water you drink. And they say, oh, I drink water all day. Well, they had a, a water bottle <laughs> and that's it. That's all they drink. Uh, so I, I put my children, um, I, I make sure all of them uh, are being as hydrated as possible. Um, and then of course, like we just harped on this, but diet is, is so important and exercise. Our bodies were made to move. Our bodies aren't made to be sedentary. And of course you're going to feel like crap. You're not going to sleep good. If you're not outside, you're not running, you're not drinking plenty of fluids. Um, you're hopped up on a bunch of processed junk. You're going to feel like shit. Your body's not made for that. Your body's made for healthy foods and not that much food too. That's another problem is, uh, we just, and even if it's healthy, you overeat on it, that's going to cause issues. We we have this mentality like uh, – and a lot of parents, they don't eat anything. They don't eat anything. I said, well, two weeks because they're growing they're, you know, they're growing up on their growth chart. The kid might even be obese. And like, he doesn't eat anything. Well, bring in bring me the food diary in two weeks and be good about it. You know, uh, Half the time they don't show back up, unfortunately. <laughs> but when they do, you know um, – you know, I, I look at it. I was like, well, he, he, he ate a lot. What are you talking about? He's not eating. Um, he didn't eat, he didn't like, eat, he didn't eat the crap that you cooked, but he ate between. Right. And they're, and they're like, well, uh, all he'll eat is chicken nuggets. Well, hell yeah. He's going to hang out and wait for chicken nuggets. You know, um, I had one parent one time, uh, this was a while ago, uh, kid was just kept gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. I'm trying everything in my power, you know, having them come back regularly, checking the weight, explaining, here's how healthy, here's how a healthy diet, you know, spending all this time. And he said, well, he still keeps getting junk food. And I said, well, how the hell does he keep junk food? She said, well, I like it. So I oh, keep well, it in the house. Go. I'm like, well, well, fuck this. 
you're the you're the adult. Act like an adult, you know. Uh, get rid and of. And that's it. what I meant when uh, that lady walked out after her kid had just devoured a cheesecake or whatever, and then she bought a, a pie or whatever for the house. Like that should be child abuse. Like there should be there should be ramifications. Because you're not you're not you're not providing a healthy environment for that kid to thrive in. We've uh, had to get child protective services in just because of uh, overeating uh, before um, and the parents just not providing a healthy environment for the kids. You know, raising the kids a big freaking it deal is. and people just act like it's it should be your it's not it's it's not your right to you. You've brought a life into to this world. You better treat it correctly uh, or you, know, you should <laughs> there should be something where we could. Uh, there should be way more punishment for this stuff, but you just have so many kids being born out of wedlock and into these shitty environments that it's very sad. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, and, and I think, I think, I think when you look at, when you look at a lot of issues that we face as parents want, parents want a quick, easy answer. It's not so much that the doctors want to, Oh no, he's got ADD or ADHD. Let's give him this. It's like a lot of the parents are pushing for it. It's like, listen, I can't wrangle my kid in. And I, I'm wanting to sit on the couch and be a vegetable and scroll through TikTok. And he's huh. just bouncing off the walls. So I think, you know, as hard as I was on the medical institutions in this, it's equally or more so the parents are pushing a oh, lot yeah. of this. Like, I just can't get this little bastard to sit still. And it's like, well, he should go out. Let Make him go outside and play. Do it till he falls over. Well, I yeah, you know, and I agree there, Andy, 100%. But when you say the, the parents, it's usually not coming from a two-parent home. Right. Um, right. It might be a single mom. Or, what I, and unfortunately what I see a lot of, it's the grandparents that are having to raise a child and, um, and a child that might have uh, not had a good upbringing in the beginning. Um, mother did, did drugs. Like I said, marijuana and during pregnancy is awful is awful in the development, developing brain. Um, and it, it, these kids can't sleep. They um, they're constantly going. Uh, and, you know, for an extent, most kids are supposed to be that way. But these kids, I'm telling you, one, two hours of sleep and they're up and they're doing something, you know, and, and it's all day. Uh, and it's most likely because they were exposed to THC in the womb. Um, and then, of course, they had a, a poor upbringing in the beginning. And then what is 68 year old grandma supposed to do um, with this seven, eight year old who just won't stop? Yeah. And uh it's very, it's very sad. It's very sad what, um, and society we let people get away with. Yeah, that's all part of the ninety percent rule. And ninety percent of the time, if a grandparent's raising their grandkids, they didn't raise their kid very good, or they wouldn't be raising their grandkids. But it goes back to that: like parents come in, and they want an answer. They don't want the answer of, well, he needs more sun, he needs to play more, he needs more exercise, and he needs a good diet. Like parents would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like I didn't come here for that. I didn't come here for right. a parenting class." Yeah. Like, I yeah. want you to fix this shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely trying and difficult. And when you when you tell it like it is, um, you know, you, you offend somebody sure. and then they'll try to uh, get you. Uh, they'll try to get you sued or get you fired or, you know, whatever they want. It, it's it's bullshit. I, it's unfortunate. I bet your grandfather being a retired doctor or if he's retired, I'm assuming he thinks of the shit that you have to put up with that he never had to put up with. Because if he told some fat son of a bitch, listen, you need to lose some fucking weight. You need to lose 50 pounds. You know, no, nobody got their feelings hurt. Right. It's like a fucking doctor told me to lose 50 <laughs> pounds. Well, you need to lose 50 pounds. But nowadays you do that, right. you're, you're fitting the plump person. Them. Yeah. 
you're fat shaming. No, yeah, you need to lose shaming. some fucking weight. Like I said, when the AAP came out with these guidelines on obesity, um, you know, so many people like say, this is child. This is that's what child abuse telling these kids that they're they're overweight and that they're not right. healthy. Well, you're not. You're you're not. You're not healthy. Of course, it's going to be harder for some children to lose weight than everyone, everyone's metabolism's different. But um, they shouldn't have access to that that food. And you shouldn't be shoveling it down their freaking gullet. You're the adult. You got to act like yeah. it. But two, uh, uh, sleep has a lot to do with uh, your metabolism and how you you burn these kind of things and lack of exercise, lack of being outside. Um, you know, uh, inner cities. You, what are these kids supposed to do? It's dangerous to go outside, yeah. unfortunately. What, do, um, does and, sleep also can it can sleep also have an effect on uh, your diet? Like foods that you do crave, like you know, I, I think like oh, yeah. if I'm when I'm tired and kind of crabby, like I gravitate towards shittier food. Well, one, it, it's easier to get that stuff, of course. You know, the processed stuff, so it's easier to get. Um, but your body um, is looking for a quick mm-hmm. fix. Um, so, yeah, that's where you're going to get it. You're going to get that quick sugar. Uh, and, of course, it's a reward, too, for your brain. We're not made to have such a high sugar content in our diet. Um, and our our bodies uh, crave it, right? And, of course, uh, it also is good for stress relief and that kind of thing. So people overeat. Uh, and um, so there's a lot. There's just a lot that goes into all that. But uh, poor sleep, poor diet, poor mental health. Because uh, I think about my diet during hunting season, like when I'm running on fumes, yeah. and like it is just garbage. Yeah. It is gas station snacks and I've gotten better. Like I used to drink a shitload of Red Bull and I've cut that out. I cut it out completely. Um, right. I say completely. I will have one or two Red Bulls throughout the course of a hunting season. But like it used yeah. to be one or two a day. Well, well, ho- well hold, hold, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Let me. You're not drinking Red Bulls no more. What about those CBD energy drinks you drink every day? They're all they're good for you. They don't have any sugar. But it's a healthy one, huh? It's a hell. Yeah, I'll pull up the ingredient list. Well, you know, uh, what also I tell parents is, and I'm not telling these kids they can't have junk food every now and then, but right. it can't be the staple of your life. I mean, I, today's my day off. I grabbed a 32-ounce Coke. You know, I like Coke. Sure. But, uh, you enjoy- you know, it, but I'm also going to drink a gallon of water today, uh, and I'm going to be out ranching the rest of the day. Did, you know, it's... Uh, did you ever have COVID? Um, No, I didn't, actually. Uh, my daughter had it twice. My wife had it. Uh, I'm sure I probably um, had a very mild form of it. Uh, the one time I thought I was like, "All right, here it is. I finally have COVID." I felt god awful. My wife was telling me how to get off the couch or be a little bitch. You know, she's <laughs> like, "You're fine." My body hurt so bad. My hips hurt. I, I could not stand up for two days. I finally uh, had one of my partners uh, uh, swab me, um, and they swabbed me for strep throat, and it was actually strep throat. <laughs> And it wasn't COVID. See, I I got the COVID, the no smell, the no taste deal. And I didn't feel bad, but that's when I knew I had COVID. And then I started feeling bad. I only felt bad for like half a day. And I took some horse tranquilizer and felt a whole lot better. But Coca-Cola has never tasted the same since then. Really? No. That sucks. No, it's really good because I don't drink Cokes no more. Yeah. So <laughs> let, me, let me talk to you about that with uh, snake oil. Ivermectin. It's a good mm-hmm. drug for a lot of things. Did it have any impact on Jeff not getting COVID? No, I got COVID. It or, made me feel a whole lot fucking his, better. His recovery in COVID. 
that's a great question. I think that's a, one of the things we screwed up. Why, like, or, or who are these people to say, you know, uh, that's just a horse dewormer, uh, and uh, you know, and so we can't be looking at it. Well, um, there has been some research that came out that um, dosing of ivermectin with viral infections um, actually is beneficial. Um, now, I'm not telling anybody to go do that because I don't have the actual research, but there should be research out there doing that. Right. Um, it's a it's a pretty in it, it, at the same time it's a uh, it's a decent drug that um, maybe has potential and we should look at it. But I, right now the problem is the dosing has to be so high to actually see benefits um, that it probably won't ever be something that's um, will really be beneficial. I take I take ivermectin every three to four weeks. I take two cc's every three to four weeks. I get my dogs okay. I can tell you this much in three, in, in three years, I've been doing that. I have not had a stomach virus in three years. I'll probably throw my fucking lungs up tonight. <laughs> I haven't had a stomach virus in, in, in time. I got food poisoned in Mexico and I was sick for about a half a day, but I haven't had yeah. a cold. I haven't had much allergy problems. Andy's household is sick all the time. My grandkids are sick. Like all little kids are they, all they the time. They live in a Petri dish. They go to school. That's right. He brings it into his- that, that, That's right. But You've had you've had you've had a few bouts oh, with stuff. Yeah, I always get sick. I haven't had any of that. I'm around five thousand people a year come through this lodge. I shake hands. I visit with people. Michelle's the same way. Since we started taking ivermectin, we've had no other outside sicknesses. I probably just really fucked us big time yeah, on this deal. But we haven't had anything. I don't know if it's got anything well, to do with ivermectin or not. But it, it, mentally, it's been a damn good placebo if it ain't working. Yeah. You know, maybe and maybe it is beneficial for you, uh, Jeff. But um, we should we should be looking at it, though. We should. And uh, but uh, all of a sudden, just because some uh, people dogged on it because of who suggested it, when Donald Trump, uh, yeah. you know, said stuff about it, you know, and I, and and of course, uh, you know, he, he got my vote uh, both times. But uh, there's some stuff he should have kept his mouth shut on. You know, he did, he's not there to be a health expert. No. Uh, you know, so uh, I wish he would have been a little more quiet on that end. But at the same time, I don't tr- I wouldn't have trusted Anthony Fauci um, at all either, because you want to talk about somebody making money off of us. That's where your money's being made. I'm not, you know, rolling in the money. I'm over here working my ass off, you know, and uh, with somebody like him, uh, you know, these well, I can go on and on about the, that. But. OK, I'm going to ask you a doctor question because science has changed. When I was a kid and I went to the doctor and had a physical, the always doctor always had to grab my balls and make me cough. They don't do that shit no more. They what happened? Your, they touch your belly button now. <laughs> they get a, new so, uh, <laughs> well, they're definitely, um, when it comes to physical exams uh, and testing for things, uh, it is definitely changed. Um, we're looking for hernias and to make sure your cremasteric reflex works appropriately. Um, so... It, as an infant, you definitely still do that kind of stuff. As a, a toddler, you do that kind of stuff. And then uh, with sports physicals, um, yeah, but it's not something that, um, one, people are scared that uh, they're, they're going to get uh, some kind of charge for true. you know abuse. Anytime I'm doing anything like that, um, you know, uh, in an older child, my nurse is there with me. Um, you know, to validate everything. Cause you, I got that piece of shit, uh, for the gymnastic team. Like, I mean, how fucking awful is that? Uh, um, you know, so, uh, this kind of, you know, I think I could pull the trigger on every child abuser out there. Uh, not a problem. Um, 
it's uh but i think people are scared about that now when it comes to like the prostate exam that's not a thing anymore uh because we know psa levels and that kind of thing so we've just changed and and what we know is a risk benefit of uh, of all these things all these these i had a guy so i'm not gonna get the roto rooter when i get 50 or no you're gonna shit in in the box (laughs) now they make you shit in the box and they mail it off (laughs) <laughs> that's another thing yeah you can do uh these uh, uh occult blood tests uh as early interventions for colon cancer and um and like the psa for prostate and that kind of obviously i don't really deal yeah. with that anymore but um, well, this is good news, um, good news yes. then. i had a I, yeah all my buddies don't, they don't want to go see my wife so like oh she's gonna stick her finger <laughs> in my ass so like no that'll be friday night <laughs> <laughs> Not at your doctor's. Yeah, yeah my, my good friend did that. Our relationship's never been the same since yeah. he was there. Um, yeah, it changed I had, quickly. I, I had a doctor here on a hunt one time, and a guy was asking him a question about the hernia check. He goes, I've never understood. He said, I've tried it on myself, but when I turn my neck and I grab my balls and cough, I can't tell the difference between when we turn in my neck and not turn in my neck. <laughs> he goes, what does that do? Is it, is it something different when there's a hernia? He said, no, so you don't cough on our face. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want your nasty-ass germs all over me. I thought that was right. making his hernia different by turning it turn it to the left, turn it to the right, and I cough, and I can't feel no difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dickhead. But back to ivermectin, like it's one thing to say, like, well, the research doesn't support this. It's another thing to mm-hmm. be like, well, we're not even going to look at this. And anybody that yeah. even suggests it is a quack and a flat earther and everything else. Well, not now, though. Right. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. The the change in um, what people are saying and what like that uh, trying to dog on people for even suggesting this stuff is ridiculous. We weren't doing that two years ago, but then of course they all made it political. It wasn't about keeping you guys safe. It wasn't about that. It wasn't, it was about seeing how much we could control the population and what are they going to do? How far can we push this? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like COVID testing, people are like, well, aren't you going to test it for COVID? But why he's sick? You shouldn't be freaking going out. You know, he's sick. Stay <laughs> right. home. Like, why is that? Why was that a novel thing? All of a sudden, like, stay the fuck home when you're sick. <laughs> Stop going out. That's not hard. Control. You know, it doesn't matter. Control, so, greed, so. and money was it? What it was all about? That's exactly it. Is so and, really, and the wrong guy you know. suggested it. Had Fauci been the one to be like, "Hey, I got a cheap alternative. It's called ivermectin." They would have been all over. Well, it. he wasn't after cheap because he was fucking making money off Pfizer. But it was Trump that said it, right. so he automatically was. Well, we can't trust anything this guy says. I'll, I'll bet you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right now. We have another pandemic before twenty thirty. Well, you know, unfortunately, like I had, I had said, there's no way we're going to, sh- you can't shut everything. I was in Nashville when it, they shut, they shut down Nashville. You know, I was like, there's no way, you know, all this is, you're going to shut down Nashville. Sure enough, here it is. You know, and I was like, there's no way I was, you know, talking with people, people of course, asking me, I was like, no, you don't do that in America. You know, we, we, we get to work, we take care of our, everybody, but staying at home and shutting everything down, that's not going to be beneficial. And look what we did and look how we screwed it up. Oh man. I'm telling you, we went to Niagara Falls, like right when the shutdown first started there were seven people there and and at that time i thought fuck this is horrible we better get home we're gonna fucking end up dying up here somewhere mm-hmm. you know get the cough mm-hmm. but man it sure did change but i don't think you're gonna get america to lock down again unless it's unless people are dropping dead in their front yard i just it ain't gonna happen right. so well you know and i always um i don't think it's gonna be some um man you know i get shit for it or whatever but um you know i think it's it maybe in the beginning we 
we did what was right. But the the going forward and getting out of that and getting back into routine was where we really screwed up. And uh, I get not really knowing what this is and where we're at, but um, our transition back into normal swing of things was what was abysmal. Um, and, uh, the response afterwards was, was awful, uh, not only just in our government, but just from the medical society as, and as a whole. Um, and then, uh, I don't think it's going to be, uh, something, um, like a COVID, uh, uh, that comes out. It's going to be some mutated flu, uh, that comes around. That was just a natural mutation that we don't, <laughs> that's going to wipe out a lot of people. Um, and that's going to be something that would be real bad. The, the sad thing is, is all those people shut all those businesses down. Knowing what we know now, we know should never shut anything down. Nothing Please. at all. No. And all those businesses, like I was in Manhattan the other day, and you know, you'd look up a place on tap to go eat somewhere. Permanently closed. Closed. Permanently closed. Permanent closed. Permanent closed. And that all happened because of COVID. Those were th- most of those were thriving businesses that had been going around forever and can't afford the rent on Manhattan if you fucking ain't open. Right. I couldn't imagine trying to yeah. pay for a Starbucks in Manhattan what it costs for a corner spot. You know, mm-hmm. how many months for a mom and pop place are they out of business? Bad, bad deal. Yeah, Which, yeah it was a bad deal. And I, I, I'm a big proponent of people should make their own decisions in uh, the medical community. And the uh, we should have been providing information as we got it and provided appropriately um and not trying these uh to scare people and providing false information and and shaming trying to shame others into getting this vaccine and and that kind of thing um i think was was horrible my man kennedy he said you don't circumvent the constitution for any reason he said the constitution right. and the bill of rights was written for hard times and you there's no circumstance he got a big endorsement today. That you circumvent it. He's got my endorsement. Jack Joe. Dorsey. I think the that's problem. the guy from Twitter. He just did that. Oh, and your boy, you, you know, talking about my boy Trump again. Yeah. Uh, 24 points ahead of DeSantis in Florida. Well, he's seven points behind Biden. So No, he's not either. Oh, here we go with <laughs> There fake ain't news. no fucking way. There, but it Biden it's not gonna, gonna, okay. the Biden's going to win anyways because it's a cheat. It's a fucking rigged no. election. Yes, it is. I'm not debating this. Biden's not going to run. It's going to be Kennedy. No, they won't. They don't want Kennedy. No, well, they 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 don't have choice. Anyway, getting back on this, we're gonna start wrapping up here. It's been two hours. You've got uh, ranch work to do. Listen, I really, really appreciate you coming on here. This has been uh, an incredibly informational, uh, rich podcast. Um, and thank you for reaching out. You know, like I said, um, I it, it is dangerous when you start speaking in absolutes, and that was something that I did. Um, but I do maintain that. On a whole, uh, generally, ADD and ADHD is probably mis- overdi- it's overdiagnosed by a lot of people, um, but it does not sound like you are one of them. It sounds like you are, you've got your patient's best interest at heart, and medication is a last resort for most of these kids. So my hat is off to you for, you know, taking, taking the stance of that and being brave enough to be like, well, let's look at this from another stance rather than let's just fill out this prescription card and, and get that going. Right. So, and, um, uh, I my hat's off to you. I really appreciate you coming on here. And many blessings to the people of Shepherdsville, Kentucky. They have a really good it. doctor there and, um, they're, they're very blessed and we appreciate you very much for being on here. We wish you the best. Hope you come see us on a hunt someday. Love to have you out. That'd here. be great. Love to have you out here. Yeah. Been two hours. It went by in a hurry. So I appreciate you coming on here and, being so generous with your time. And in the six in the Nick within the next six months, one of Andy's kids will get sick and he'll text you for that free deal. Nah. Andy, you texted the veterinarian <laughs> the other day for Lou. 
His head was fucking there you open. Go. He was gushing blood. <laughs> I needed to know if he needed stitches or not. So I give all my buddies one. Y'all get if I'm not your doctor, your kid's doctor, you get one. I, That's what I tell them. I appreciate you. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We, we really appreciate we it. We do appreciate yep. that. Thank you, sir. Have Goodbye. a good one. All right. Very good guest. Yeah. Very good guest. I do. I still maintain that ADD and ADHD are overdiagnosed. We're overmedicated as a whole in society, but he seems like he's one of the good guys. Really good guy. Thank that you for reaching out. Is keeping it keeping it wholesome. They do. They got a good doctor. All right, Mister. Sh- I wish he was in Wichita. I'd take you, my kid to him. Yo, Kennedy lover. I never thought I'd be a Kennedy Democrat. I wouldn't want to be a Democrat, anyways. I like Kennedy a lot, though. Um, I like him when I do DeSantis. Wonder. There's no. There's just no room for a third party. I don't think. Yeah, there is. There's a room for a third party to it would do fuck better, up the whole election. But, but it's not would, gonna happen. We wouldn't have Bill Clinton if it wasn't for a third party. Do you see I just don't think Biden's gonna run. Oh, he's gonna run. I know. They got I don't two think they got, so. he's their puppet. I don't think They're, they so. can't find no they, they, you'd have to go find some incompetent. Are they gonna run Diane Feinstein? They don't want Kennedy because he would upset the apple cart. He does not they don't want him at all. They're not gonna have primaries. Well, I know that. Yeah. But so, hold on. So Kennedy ain't got a chance in hell. Trump didn't have a primary either. They, 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 there was no sense to have one because everybody was supporting him 95%. Joe Biden don't have that. Oh, I agree. I, think they, they, I agree. I but think they did never, have, I did think they no, had Republican primaries. No, not when Trump was president. They didn't have a Republican primary. They didn't do it when Trump was. They didn't do it with Obama. They didn't do it with Bush. The, the incumbent has never faced uh, a debate cycle in the primaries. Well, they've got one this for time. For a time. very long time. No, they're not. They're not going to debate. No, they've no, no. Said but they would, to. they could this oh, time. Oh, right. Yes. I mean, they've got a president yes. who's, a, now, His real honest, honest to God approval rating has got to be in the twenties. There's just there's no way you can you see 20%? what's going on. I, I'm going to give some. You, there's some dumb bastards out there. I just can't imagine the average person right now thinking that the world is not upside down. It's horrible right now. Everything you talk about it, not talking about Democrats are just upside down. The Democrats are so far fucking left now. All the transgender shit. They've lost a lot of their base. Um, I think fucking leap voting age should be 25 or 30. It ain't going to happen, but we don't, we, we, we are in a big problem in this country. Trump, if they would do away with all this lawsuit bullshit and just let him run would win pre- in a fair election would win easily. That's also going to screw him. That, that, that probably is. I agree with you on that, but I, but I'm not, but a I don't De- know how I'm not gonna, a DeSantis fan at all, but I don't know how he's going to effectively the first debates in August. And I mean, like the debate season runs through the trial is set for October or is it set for next spring? You you really think that the Democrats would try to do something to keep him from having to debate Biden on a stage? No, it won't be. It won't. It'll be in the primaries. They don't think he's going to be able to to do any primary because he's going to, with the way that this lawsuit set up, he's got to stay in New York. He he, can't. He, what do they call that? The the, the Supreme court's going to probably overthrow some of that. He's going, he is going to be the Republican nominee. I'm telling you right now. I don't now. know. I think he's so far ahead. There's nobody that can run. Uh, Mike Pinster is naming their deal. That's a waste of fucking money. Chris Christie, that fat fucker going needs to eat jelly donut in New Jersey. He's been he running for 12 he years. He ain't got a chance. He don't have a chance either. Every, yeah, and he don't have a chance. It's a waste of someone else's money. Right. You know what? You ought to ask Chris Christie. I'll tell you what you do, bud. You drain your checking account and pay for your own shit. He knows damn well he ain't got a chance. Well, you have to have. That's one requirement to get on the debate stage is you have to have 40000 independent individual donors and you have to have one percent of the vote right so i mean like he chris christie can't 
Like he's got to have donors. You got to have forty thousand of them to. But even, put your own money on it because he wouldn't do it. Even get up on the debate stage, he has no chance. Trump is the only hope we have as a country. The only hope we have as a country. DeSantis is a fucking deep stater. I know he is. He can't even win into Florida over Trump. I just don't think that Trump's legally going to be able to do it. I, take the voting out. Take all that out. Legally, I I think he's going to be tied up in litigation that he's not going to be able to campaign if he legally, like he should. If he legally can, can do has it, to. you think he could lose in a fair election if he no. legally could not a No, but I don't think he's going to be, I don't even think he's going to be given that opportunity. So we're just going to get stuck with Joe Biden for another four years. I don't think it's going to be Biden. Who, who do you think it's going to be? I don't think it's going to be him. Big Mike? I don't think she, I don't be. I don't think Shim wants to be in the middle of all the things that are going to come out on him. But I think Biden is all of a sudden going to drop out. So Gavin Newsom is who they put in. That would be their guy. I don't think I'm calling this early now. We're still 18 months away. I don't think you see him on the 24 ballot. Well, Robert Kennedy will not be the one. They don't like him. I'm not saying that either. Now, do I think he would be their best deal? Yes. Just like I think that Tulsi Gabbard would be. Yes. But I don't trust the Democratic Party when you get past the presidency. Because look at all the bullshit you got to deal with. They're so far fucking left. I think that's who Trump gets as his VP. Dulce Gabbard? Yeah. They're, it'd be a good He said that my VP pick is going to blow you away. Well, she would be a good one. Kennedy said he's not interested in doing it. He said they're too fundamentally flawed on too many different things. That would sure shake up Massachusetts. We'll Again, it's going to come down to this. A fair election... And nobody getting in the middle of shit and doing shit wrong. Nobody calling the place, telling places to stop counting votes at two o'clock in the morning. That's kind of bullshit. You know, somebody knows what's going on. We need to ban George Soros from our country. You know, his son's been to the White House like fourteen times. Well, he so is he. Yeah, He's that's a, a bunch of fucking shit. All right, we're gonna get out of here before we get kicked off again. Go to our Patreon account, three bucks a month, behind the scenes access, all in, all scout boots from Shin giveaway yes. on Thursday. If you want June, to, what is it? Ninth. ninth, June 9th. If you want to win them boots, you have to be a member of the Patreon on June 9th. And then in a couple of weeks, we're fixing to give away some Pacific calls on there also. And there might be a hunt later on in the summer. Yeah, we're going to do all some, sorts of good stuff. We're going to do Patreon giveaways. We don't do on our stuff. We're going to have some other stuff on that page too. And you do not have to have be a Patreon member to listen to the podcast. It will not. But there's going to be it some stuff. It will remain free. Yes, but there free, will be stuff free. over there that's completely different behind the scenes stuff. Stuff we talk about on here that we're going to get kicked off of YouTube on. That's why we're on Patreon. Thank you. God bless y'all. Have a great day. Check out all of our sponsors. Go check out Boss Shot Shells, Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, Dirty Duck Coffee, Shin Gear, Looking Glass Podcast, Lucky Duck, Ducks Unlimited, Double T British Kennels, Mossberg, Stanfield Outfitters, and Alpha Outdoor Specialties. <laughs>